Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. Okay, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, the whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Come on, Bobby. Transmitting across America. Morning, welcome to Monday show. Morning, studio. Morning. All right, we're gonna go around the room as we do on Mondays and do a get to know question. So I'm gonna ask the question to give you guys a second. Think about it. What is something you're really terrible at? Something you're really terrible at. I'll go first. My name is Bobby. I'm gonna go with. And I would have said this even if I hadn't been approached about doing it, but Wheel of Fortune. I'm so bad at that game. It can be one letter and I'm still like, ah, I don't know. Um, Is it, I don't know, please? No, it's cheese. Son of a gun. (laughs) That bad, huh? I'm terrible at that with letters. And so Wheel of Fortune, it would be the thing that I'm super weak at. Eddie, you? Math. Just math in general. And it's been tough, too, because my son, he's been doing pretty bad at math. And I've been railing him like, dude, you got to get better at math. And you got to do better than this. And deep inside, I'm like, man, I mean, he probably got it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Lunchbox. Man, that's tough because I'm good at a lot of things. So I would say probably uh, beats. Like rhythm. Oh, rhythm. Uh, oh, yeah. That's impossible for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. Real, you're real bad at rhythm. Yeah. I that's not everything at, you do at. I mean, <laughs> like you're bad at rhythm, but he's bad at rhythm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that wouldn't, I guess, does that count or do I have to Yeah, no, you're real bad at rhythm. Yeah. I'm bad yeah, at just rhythm. Just generally rhythm, yeah. yeah. Amy? Singing? I mean, you're okay. You're not too bad. Oh, I mean, you're on, not guys. so bad that we would be like, oh. That, you're not to sing what Lunchbox is to rhythm. Right. That's bad. That's bad. Wow, thanks, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, you're not a great singer, but you're not terrible. Yeah, I mean, mean, you ain't good. (laughs) I mean, so what you were looking for is to tell you you're not bad. So do you want us to, since you don't have an answer, do you want us to tell you what you're bad at? Yeah, driving. Driving. Staying focused. Uh Oh, that's good. Avoiding walls when you walk down the hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's That's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to stop because I know what's going to happen is if I keep going... That's fine. What's yours? Scams. Uh, avoiding scams. Was that your example? <laughs> oh, that's good. Or? That's good. Falling for scams. <laughs> <laughs> I was stopping. Um, that is right, though. Was Will of Fortune scams. your example? Oh, yeah. Oh, so I got yours? another one. Can no, I go? no. It's my, that's my that's the thing I'm terrible at. It's Will of Fortune. Uh, what's oh. yours? I can't say. Seeing. Mine's also seeing. 
Oh, I'm terrible at seeing. No, can I can I do Amy's? No, You're no more. No, no more on her. <laughs> okay, I won't say it then. Seeing, seeing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, seeing, yeah. seeing. <laughs> No, no, I don't know what you're going to say, but I you know what he's going to say. No, I don't, but I don't even want to guess what you're going to say. <laughs> I have no idea what he's going to say. No, no, it doesn't matter. Okay, one more. What would your warning label say if you had to have a warning label on Got you? It. You going that quick? Yep. Yep. Go ahead. Feed this man or he's about to get hangry. Okay, Lunchbox? Uh, stay back six feet. Smell strong odor. <laughs> <laughs> Amy? I guess my, according to y'all, would be like, watch out. Yeah, yeah, when I'm driving. Just generally, <laughs> just to watch out. Hey, watch out. always. Uh, um, do you have one, though? I, I mean, watch out applies to driving, walking, scams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Watch out. No, no, scams are coming for you. They're not going to watch out. They're <laughs> yeah, like, hey, yeah. come get me. <laughs> Mine would be something like one of those objects in mirror, maybe closer than, it's like death perception does not exist. <laughs> yeah, he can yeah. hit you at any point. So, yeah, mine would probably be vision impaired. Um, okay. Lunchbox, I don't want to hear yours about Amy. Can I please? I don't want it. I just don't want is it. it. I could do one of those things where it's like I make fun of myself before somebody else does because I just figured out what he's going to say. Go but this it. is what you should have done is given one you're really terrible at because then they would have cut all of us but off. But I did. No, you I said singing. At, but I am that bad. You know that you're singing. not terrible at singing. <sighs> I don't know. Y'all, y'all. Like, Amy, I am terrible at singing. Yes, he's like, terrible right. at singing. I am terrible. Today's so, the day y'all tell me I'm not terrible at singing. We think you should pursue it, actually. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to... Do you know what he's going to say? Yeah, I do. I figured it out. What? I'm not, I'm not, what do you think he's going to say? I am smart. No, I'm not going to say no, you're smart. No, that's not it, Amy. No, 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 no I'm not going to say you're not smart. It. I'm saying I, that's you're why I figured it out. You're terrible at being smart? I, no. Yeah, that wasn't it. You are I, smart, Amy. Yeah, you're smart. I wasn't going to say that. No, I'm working on using positive language. I was about to say, I'm not dumb, so that's how I figured out what lunchboxes is, but I'm trying not to say the word dumb, so I said, I am smart. I'll figure it out. I figured it out. And so it's marriage. It? He's going to say marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's going to say. Oh, that's what he's going to say. What did you think he was going to say? I didn't know because that one's like so juvenile. That's like, it is. Ain't good was at marriage. No, Amy. Jeez. I don't know why you going to say that. <laughs> that was <laughs> yes, it. Yes, it was. He was going to say you're terrible at being mean. Yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Good job. Oh, that's very nice of you. Wow. I don't know why you think I would go that but low. If you want to go that low on yourself, Whoa. have at it. Okay. Well. All right. We're here. Amy's taking shots at herself early. Yeah, so, uh, Amy. Very hard. Okay. Not like that. You know that's Let's what he was going to say. Time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby. I think I just busted my mom cheating on my dad. Oh, this no. is a mailbag? Oh, no. Hey, people send in all kinds of stuff. Dang. It's not like I was snooping, but my mom and I have phones that look identical. I heard what I thought was my phone buzz with a text message. I realized it was hers and it wasn't protected with the password. When I opened, I saw her text message screen with some rather disturbing and graphic messages from a dude named, we'll call him Jack. For the record, my dad's name is not Jack. Now I feel this massive burden on what to do with this information or if I should do anything. Do I talk with my mom about it? Do I tell dad what's up? Do I use the info to negotiate for a new car for me? (laughs) I'm kidding about the last one. Okay. (laughs) Good. What do you think about this signed son of a cheater? Question mark. Boy, mom and dad's different than friends. (sighs) I think you have to talk to your mom first. I don't run to your dad and go, I caught mom cheating. I think you go to your mom and you clear up any confusion, if there is any, about what you saw and let her explain. And if it's an explanation you're good with, then you'd be good with it. If it's an explanation you're not good with, then then you got to go to this stage, which you're at now. And so 
But I think if you end up finding out that your mom is cheating on your dad and your dad doesn't know, you got to go tell your dad. But I think you have the conversation with the mom first to make sure that you're thinking the right thing. Sometimes we see a little nugget and we tell ourselves an entire story based on what that nugget is that we're not even translating or reading correctly. Just say inappropriate comments and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like real graphic. It's probably too, obvious. So. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how graphic they are. I'm just saying. Who knows? She could be subscribed to a tech service. Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, role play. Uh, maybe. Who? Always go to role play. Maybe. 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 Like, yeah. It's like the fourth time in, I don't know, a few weeks where Amy's yelled out role play. I, I'm. There could be an explanation. Yeah, could, okay. What uh, if the dad is Jack? Maybe. And it's a She's thing. Diane. <laughs> roll. I don't Get know. It. This happened to my friend um, like four years ago. Oh. And they went to, the, it was the dad though. And the siblings got together and went to the dad. And? And then the dad handled it. Like this kids didn't have to go to the mom. The dad owned up and handled it with the spouse. So there's think, two things that could happen. One, you could go talk to your mom about it. She's like, right. this isn't true. You're this wrong. Let, let me show you this. This is what's happening. That could happen. Or she goes, it is true. And I'll I'll tell them because I'm embarrassed and ashamed. Yeah, this happened to my cousins too. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> they found an email and then took it to my aunt, which is their mom. And she was the one cheating. And yeah, they're not together anymore. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Anybody else wanted to? So, <laughs> so, was like, yeah, this happened. So when my no, parents were married, no. Oh, no. that's how... Um, oh. they, so a card was found in the trash. A card? Like a card. It thought it was thrown out. Like a, like a thank you for touching me. The, oh, I, I don't know what kind of card no, you but mean. Maybe a credit I, card, I, a know, business like a, card. Yes, like, like a greeting like card. Like a Valentine's or something. Yes, I'm talking like about. A, like a love. Why would you even give... Why would you, <laughs> why would you be exchanging yeah. Valentine's cards with your... Candy, remember? Listen, it was thrown away, but oh. then somebody found it. Why would you not shred it? And took it with your fingers. They're in love, man. Why would you even bring in the house? Why would you even give somebody handwritten <laughs> hey. anything when you're valid questions? Wow, all valid all questions. Valid. But um, the person that found it took it to my mom. Oh, uh, wasn't was you? Like, no, it wasn't me. I was a kid. No, it was. Uh, yeah. What do you suggest, this lady that Amy? helps clean our house sometimes? The housekeeper. She turned on your dad. <laughs> wow. She loved my mom. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. This loved. has got so many layers. <laughs> she loved my mom. Okay, like so like, what do you no, think here? cared about her deeply. What do you think? I think you go to the mom. Okay. You talk to the mom. What do you think? Yeah, man. Just like my cousins, just go to the mom and just see what see what the, what the thing's all about. Or, I mean, get a new car. <laughs> no, you got to get to the bottom of yeah, it. Yeah, don't this... run to the dad yet. No, no, not yet, not yet. no, no. It'll no, get no. back to him. Ooh, Lunchbox, what would you do? Anger chili, I wouldn't mess with it at all. He's I, like, like I didn't see him. Let it live. These are your parents. I, I understand, and they're, they're parents. But they're it is business. your chili because it's your dad. Yeah, man. And he may be getting screwed over. Okay. Maybe anonymous email. Bobby's really good at anonymous email. A burner account. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, hey, man, account. I saw your wife mm. out with Jack. Oof. Okay, we're sorry this has mm. happened to you, son of a cheater. That's how you signed it. We're sorry it's happened to you. Ooh. Go oh. to your mom first. Let her explain, or let her handle it herself. And also. Um, Go to therapy. <laughs> You're gonna need it. <laughs> no child should ever have to read messages uh, from. You did. You read messages. No, you saw the card, no, Amy. No, I'm just saying. No child yeah, should have to. No, no. You've you just that. you've just oh, said three boy. things in a row that okay. it doesn't matter. So one time I okay, saw on my dad. <laughs> I saw a text on my dad's phone and I can't ever unsee it. My eyes. Is a picture? No, it's oh. words. Oh. Oh, it's better. That's better. But than he was, right. It was 
Like describing stuff? It was all... I was an adult. Like, I wasn't when I was a kid. It's, Obviously, there's text messages. Dirty. There wasn't... It's uh, dirty. Listen. It's dirty. Uh, also... <laughs> Why do you keep gagging? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. That's the mailbag. Close yeah. it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. It's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know. Man, Dashboard Confessional. One of my jams back in the early 2000s. So Chris is here from Dashboard. Going on towards Counting Crows, and you get tickets at dashboardconfessional.com. But this is super cool to me. Let me play some of these songs. Vindicated. Vindicated. I mean, that's Spider Man for sure. Eddie, you remember that song? <laughs> yeah, that? I do, of course. Dang, that song is awesome. Uh, stolen. stolen. Jam or Hands Down. Hands down is the best thing so, super cool for us. Here he is. Chris Caraba, lead singer, the guy from Dashboard Confessional. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Chris Caraba of Dashboard Confessional. Chris, it's really good to see you. Good to meet you, man. And it's good to be here. Thank you. Been a fan for a long time. Well, I've been doing it a long time. It's suddenly occurring to me now. You still, I don't know, look 24. It's weird. You haven't aged. Moisturizer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I have a lot of questions, especially about when you first started, because there are a few people to me. Uh, Dave Grohl, Foo Fighter, started that by himself. Um, Five for Fighting was a single guy, then turned into a band. Dashboard Confessional, similar thing, right? You started this as a project by yourself and then made a band. The Panic of the Disco, similar. Is, is that all kind of, am I right on that story? You're right about the fact that it was uh, started by myself and eventually became a band. But I think in my, my mind in the early days, I know it was true. I was in other bands that were proper bands. Um, I was in one particular called Further Seems Forever that was, I thought, the main thing, you know? And it was only, uh, Dashboard was only a side project. But all that to say... The side project was all of my friends are on tour in all of their bands. Wouldn't it be fun if whenever they came home, we could all play together? So I'll just call this thing that I'm doing by myself a, a band name so it doesn't feel like preclusive and it feels inclusive. My friends would come on stage if they're home. And that's a, not exactly what happened, but it was the, my original conception for it. So you, the band is dead. Again, even, by the way, your record, your Unplugged record, is one of my favorite. I just loved it so much. And, but, th- you know, there's a lot to it. So how many people are actually in Dashboard Confessional? Like the r- Dashboard, how many people in the band? Well, on this tour. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all different, right? Yeah. It's just you are the central figure always. Well, I guess I've been the constant and there's been a, uh, quite a few longstanding members. And there's been people that when they, you know, they leave to go and do other uh and onto other musical projects or other life projects, and then they come back. Um, it's kind of an open invitation to come on back. So, like, for example, Scott, our bass player, has been in the band, I think, for this will be 20 years. That's a long time, you know? But sometimes I go out by myself, so Scott's not there. So when you're starting this project and you're doing it by yourself, are you recording it on – because everybody has a bedroom story or a garage story. Like, what is that actually – what literally does that mean? Are you recording on like some four track player? Is that the first dashboard where you're just sitting there singing acoustically into a crappy closet or microphone? Yeah, it was, um, it was a little Tascam four track um, that I bought at a tag sale. Um, that was what I started with. That's not what the record was, but it wasn't much better than that. Um, that first record was recorded in a closet, but you know, it had 
you know, foam padding on the wall, so it felt cool. It felt <laughs> real. Uh, but the early demos, I recorded a lot of them in my van, um, in the back of the van. I had like um, uh, just a single boombox, like not a multi-track. So the, I have a, a tape of me running through what would be the first record, which is called the Swiss Army Romance. I ran through it all just to see what a cool running order would be, and I found that tape, and it's the running order that we used. Was that about 2000, the year 2000? Yeah, it was 2000. So you have this tape, and was your expectation to go out and tour this for Dashboard to exist? Or again, was it just a fun thing that your friends could join? Like, I, What was kind of the motivation behind creating this music with just yourself? I guess it was a glorified art project or something, I think. Did you expect it to ever be heard by people? No, I expected to, what I'd hoped to do was um, put out the one recording and maybe get lucky and press a thousand if I could afford it. And sell them how? And sell them to people. Like from the van? From the van, yeah. And sell them to people at shows. And I had one tour booked and it was, um, I think... This one window where Further Seems Forever wasn't going out, and it looked like just this neat opportunity to go out and travel, like, just by my, literally by myself. Uh, but I think it was 11 dates, and then I never went home. When did you start to feel traction, even the lightest bit of traction, where it's, wow, people actually, like, understanding and relating to this music? I was surprised to find it pretty early on. And I don't mean that there was many people at the show. There weren't. But if there were five, all five seemed to get it, whatever that thing was. They seemed to get it, and I, I was really shocked by, it, by that because I thought I was doing something um, unfamiliar in the, in the setting of, like, the punk rock scene. It was definitely unfamiliar just to have an acoustic guitar. And I looked like a, a hardcore kid, but it didn't sound like that kind of stuff. But it didn't sound like something you'd play in a coffee shop either, so I didn't feel like I, I would have any place where I would find... Um, I was surprised to find like, like-minded like people so quickly. The term emo is tossed around like crazy. Everything's emo in different ways. Was that term prevalent when you started to create this kind of music? Or do you feel like you were one of the first ones to you know, really coin that in music? Well, I, I guess, no, I didn't feel like I was one of the first ones, excuse me, to, um, to coin it. Certainly not. I thought it was... In, I thought it was a misnomer almost like and not you know that became a four letter word later to some people I'm not sure it ever did to me but in the early days you know it it, it was I thought it was I thought it wasn't deferential to the people that I listened to that did that music that was already called emo because there's been a whole wave of it um, a proper wave of, of a, like a musical generation of like two to five years already and um, so at first I was like this is weird that they would call me that and I couldn't quite figure it out, but uh, realized that the thing was evolving. Whatever that scene was, was evolving to include, I guess, me and my friends. Did you feel like that, because again, your music was at a time when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old. So that music was very important in my overall musical growth from where I was as a kid to now. It was right in that time frame of being in college. Did you find that your music, though, was different to people even though it was still kind of punk rock but just because it was on acoustic that made it feel a bit emo to people that was a softer feel oh it's emo it feels emo i mean but i guess because of all those obvious reasons that it's softer it's a different delivery it's pretty passionate and it's got the um it has the benefit of uh of 
the kind of passion you'll put into something when you think you're anonymous almost. You know, I could, couldn't conceive that people would really be listening to this. So I didn't really hold back for fear of how I might feel doing it in front of people. What did your so, band think as you started to pop off and you're by yourself that you were in? Was that tricky? Um, no, actually, well, it became trickier later when we were two bands operating at the same time, once they had a different singer. And we navigated that really well, too, I, to their credit. But in the beginning, they were the guys that were like, you got to go do this. And as a matter of fact, one of the first shows I ever had was that was a, a fish, not, I guess, unofficially a dashboard show uh, was because the bass player of my other band, Chad from Further Seems Forever, said, come over here. We're playing a festival. Further was, he says, there's a guy kind of doing what you're doing. We should go check it out. But the guy ended up being me. It was a ruse. He, he, he just threw me up in the middle of a tent <laughs> and there was, you know, 30 people there. And that's funny. And that's supportive even. Like it's very funny supportive. and supportive at the very same supportive. time. And they're still my best friends that I have. So uh, I'm grateful that they saw where I was going and it wasn't where they wanted to go. They were, these, all these songs were presented to them as options for, for us to play in that band. And they, they were right. They didn't fit that band. They were close, but they, they weren't on the money. Were you reluctant when success and fame started? I was confused. Reluctant. Yeah. I think I was a bit reluctant. I think I remain a bit reluctant. Um, it wasn't exactly, uh, the plan, but, um, it was a lot of fun. Do you get nervous stage fright at all before shows? Yeah, I got it now. How am I doing? Oh, you're doing great. I would, okay. never, I would never think you were nervous at all. You, yeah. You're kidding now. No, I'm not. No, no. I, get, I have a weird roiling of energy that I'm, I'm trying to contain when I go up there. And when, when I was newer and younger and greener, I would find it to be alarming. It would like set off almost a panic attack. But now I understand it's just adre- adrenaline and excitement and, and kind of like the love of it. But for a while, it was hard to, to, uh, let, wow. to let it go. Was there ever a time that you questioned, should I keep doing this? Not because it wasn't working, but because it really started to work. Yeah, things got a little hairy there, like where we had to, um, where we had to have like security guys and things like that. And I was all thinking, and I thought this was a really inclusive scene I was from, and it remained so. It wasn't any, it wasn't people trying to like, uh, you know, rip my clothes off or our clothes off or anything like that. But it's just like a lot of people with a lot of stories that they wanted to, or things they wanted to share with us, personal things, what have you. And I remember like not being able to go, I don't know, to the, to the mall or whatever it was that you would do, you know, running errands became this weird thing. And, um, and the suggestion was made to, that we, that we take security. That was the weirdest thing ever. The nicest people I've ever met were these giant security guys. Um, but it was, it was not a good fit for me. I was like, this is bringing more attention. I can put a baseball cap on. <laughs> How about that? Now, can you go out and put a hat on and just live a somewhat normal life? Yeah, I'm not on MTV anymore. Um, and neither is MTV, actually. And I don't think yeah, they are. I don't think, you know, there's two th- <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's, um, I've been able to find a, a, the thing I'd hoped for in the beginning, which was this, this path to be able to play music for and with people without having to be, have my life totally disrupted. What was the first video of yours that was on MTV? What was it? It was screaming infidelities. Yeah. Was that weird for you to see? And there's a, you know, there's a line and you're, we'll talk about the tour you're doing with Counting Crows, but massive, I'm a massive fan of Counting Crows and Adam Duritz was in, we talked with him for a while. And, but there's a line, even in Mr. Jones, it's like, when I look at the television, I want to see me staring right back at me. You know, that line is him wanting to see him on TV. Yeah. If that, is that line you at all? No, it's not at all. Um, it's not at all. God, I wish it was. 
I, I might have I might have had a different experience having seen it, but I remember being like, I mean, I was excited to tell like my friends, you know, um, but it was not a thing I walked in with. I, I got used to it really quick though. Like I'd get excited and I kind of like uh, think about new video ideas. I got excited about the whole that whole corner of what music could be, and it became really fun. Do you think you would be happier or would have been then happier if you only had mild success where you could support yourself, create your art, but not because there was a point when you just became so popular, it became pop. Your music didn't change, but you became so popular, it became pop. Was that the hardest time for you or was it awesome? It was awesome. It was so great. I didn't really have to change. I did, you know, we grew and we, our music did evolve, but it wasn't being made to change and more and more people were were uh, gravitating to, towards it. It was beautiful. I was uh, I was maybe a little tired, like physically tired. It was it's a big world to get to, you know. Um, and I think there was a point where we were really doing. I don't know how many shows it was, but it was like three hundred days out Ooh. on the road, and that was a long stretch. That was a good couple or three years that we did that kind of schedule. Um, that was the only part that was really t- tough to grapple with. Was it weirder to be home than on the road? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe always will be and maybe always was. So, so uh, that, that's something I, I think was probably good for me in my life. Where did you grow up? Well, I kind of grew up in Connecticut and then Florida um, and, and found music and all that once I moved to Florida. And what about Florida? Like, were you exposed to a scene there that opened it up for you? Or were you already searching for it? And I don't know, it's warmer, so you're out. I don't know. Why Florida? Well, I think there was, there was a scene. There was a music scene. Of course, there was one in Connecticut where I lived. I just didn't know about it. I was a little bit too young. Didn't know an older kid on the block that might tell me there was a Youth of Today show or something. But um, when I got down to Florida, a couple things happened. Was, uh, I was really into skateboarding. And this is pre, you know, super popularity of skateboarding. You still get beat up for having to, for looking like you do it. And, but I found other people like that, that, that were into it. And I hadn't really found that many people like that where I'd grown up in Connecticut. But it also rains, like it's torrential rain in the, in the afternoons there a certain time of the year. So we would just like sit in a car or at the skate shop with, um, with music playing and I'd pick everybody's brains about it. And then they said, you know, there's, there's, they're playing here, whoever it was, you know, we started going to shows. And um, so it was sort of that just typical youth culture thing there, a friend with a driver's license, that kind of thing. Well, like I said, my driver's license, I just didn't have a car. So friend with a car and, um, and the kind of, kind of meshing of those two worlds, the surf and skate world with the music world, they're, they're really entwined. And that's how I found the music scene, really. My assumption is, could be an unfair assumption, that you may have been a shy kid. If you were a shy kid, how in the world did you become a front man? Um, wow. Like, what was that pro? It was not my favorite thing. It was, I should say, it was not my, it was not an endeavor I, I went into looking for how to be a front man. I just wanted to play with people. So I guess kicking and screaming is how I got dragged into being a front man, to be quite honest with you. I, I was really, really interested in writing songs. It's just an okay guitar player, just an okay singer. I was pretty good at at arranging music. So so I was getting in these bands and and help, and felt like I was in, in, integral in the band. 
but I was almost always just playing guitar. That's what I really wanted to do. But I wasn't like a ripper or anything like that. So I, I thought with contributing as a songwriter, I, I had a place. Then who goes, okay, Chris, we need you to sing. We've heard you sing like uh, background vocals. Or That's just how sing. it happens. Yeah. Some, uh, that part's, uh, could you, somebody do a harmony there? And I just do it and it was there, you know, and, uh, and I, then you come in with your songs and you're singing. I was singing the songs I was writing to the singer, to the rest of the band. And finally somebody got annoyed with the time it took to make somebody else do it. Just you do it. Fine. Um, and after a while of that, you become a singer in the band, not the singer. This band that I was in, Vacant Andes, um, it's where I learned to cut, where I really cut my teeth on all things musical, certainly on all things band, like how to be in a band. But there was at one point three singers, and then there was for the length of the, the band, there was two singers. So it, there was no front man. It was, we were trading off songs and we were always singing each other's songs, singing on each other's songs, excuse me. It was later when, when I got into further and those guitar players are like bananas. And as writers, they were bananas. And I was kind of like, why do they want me in this band? And it was simply because they liked my voice, which was weird because it was never the thing I expected anybody to. I thought it was just something that I got to do, not that something anybody would want me to do necessarily. So that's kind of how it came to pass that I got comfortable being at the center of things. You didn't demand, like I always demanded attention. Like I demand attention. I'm a type A personality. I want to be in the front. Now you were the opposite. I was the opposite by Okay, I think the opposite thing might have been a little bit of like a learned response, right? Because I, I, I was a shorter kid. I have this weird birthmark where my hair grows two colors. So I, like it's like it's a blonde right in the middle. Like, and I was a kid of the 80s, so like Gremlins is out. So I'm getting like called Stripe and all this stuff and beat up for it or whatever, picked on for it. And I realized like, okay, I better figure out how to blend. And, um, and maybe that, that, that was, uh, I learned that lesson too deeply. But once I realized I could be more who I wanted to be out in the middle of that stage, I would save it all for then and really just be the guy and, and have it be the key that turned you into the whatever it is, the real you. I've heard it said, you know, oh, who are you up there? It's like, I don't even know you or whatever. It's like, no, that's kind of like, I feel like that's me up there. So you start this project in 2000. Would you say that Vindicated is the song that people would know most, general public you think vindicated your biggest song general pu- yeah god it's got to be right um, I, if, I would think so only, but i'm a little too close to it if only because it's in a marvel movie you yes. know it's um it's got to be the most i don't know whether like i never remember like charts and things like that and what songs were successful by certain metrics but just that the most people had to have heard it in the world from that from that Man, such a jam. you know you have your connection. guitar could you give us a little bit of Vindicated? Yeah. All right. Um. Well, hope dangles on a string Like slow spinning redemption Winding in, winding out The shine of it has caught my eye Wrote me in so Mesmerizing, so hypnotizing I am Captivated, I am Vindicated, I am selfish I am wrong, I am right I swear I'm right, swear I knew it all along And I am fine, but I am cleaning up so well I am seeing in me now Things you swore you saw yourself so clear. 
That's awesome. That's still. Wow. I mean, it also takes me back. There are certain songs that you hear, and again, that was a really big. It's like when you're like a young adult, and music matters so much to you. And like I can remember where I was like when I would hear that song, and I remember being in the movie. That was the Kirsten Dunst version, right? On yeah, Spider Man. Oh, yeah. Did you ever? Did you meet them? I did, but don't they usually call the Toby Maguire version, but yes, I'm b- I back you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I guess I think I was the Kirsten Dunst version. That's funny. Uh, yes, the to- yes, that. Did you write that song for the movie? Because we talked with Adam Duritz from County Crows about the sh- the song that went into Shrek, and he wrote that for the movie. Yeah. Did you write that for the not movie? Not exactly. Or did you have not it? exactly. Actually, Adam and I were just talking about that about accidentally in love the other day, and it got me thinking. You know, I I submitted a different song. Uh, to the production when when they when they asked me about being a part of the, the soundtrack and it was not meant to be the single it wasn't meant to be in the movie um, and I really like the song it still hasn't come out um, but and then they but the cool thing was they let me see the movie while it was sort of still like it wasn't quite dailies but it was like the this the graphics weren't rendered yet it would be suddenly just be like in animation in the middle of a like a, a holding place for like something to come later. It was really a neat way to see the movie. And it was the story of it was really in my mind as I left there. They're just like sort of like the, the, the conflict um, of wanting, being pulled in different directions, wanting things you can't, can't quite allow yourself to have or aren't allowed to have. And I got to, I, our last date of that run was in Hawaii and we were all going to go surfing and I picked up the guitar and it just like kind of spilled out and I was like you know it's funny where did that song come from and I was like oh well there's this line dangles on a string maybe it's from Spider-Man so just that bit of it made me call home and just be like would you want to hear this other song I know there's no time and so just like that it was written maybe an hour or two later I called I played it for Leah Volick over the phone she was the head of Sony Music uh, for pictures and um and she was like, give me a minute, get me a tape of that, send her a tape. She's like, could you, actually, I think she made, she was like, could you demo that today? Mm-hmm. This is like pre like home studio kind of things like that. And we were able to do it at the club that we were playing that night. And um, they got that tape home and somehow the next, they were like, could you fly home tomorrow and record this? If so, it'll be in the movie, it'll be the single. Wow. Like, okay, well, yes, we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> How big was MySpace in your career? It was so big. Oh my God, it was so big. It was the biggest, possibly the biggest thing in my career, except for Napster. Those were probably two biggest factors in my career. Will you explain, because I was big on MySpace, will you explain what MySpace is to some of our younger listeners? Well, it it was like a do-it-yourself Facebook um, that was run by renegades, I guess. It was this... It was a well, it's a social network. It's the first one I remember that you that uh, had the framework of what would really come in social networks. Like really was very much like Facebook in a lot of ways. But the way it wasn't was that it was seemed to be music and art related really heavily, and you could skin your own page, right? And you could uh, so everybody's user interface sort of looked like their thing. You know who you were going to see, and there was um, I think the reason it got so big was. Uh, was that people were really hungry to just communicate about the things they felt passionate about, and no adults were really looking. And was it they were using your music as their song? Because you could put a, you had a song. You put a song up as your as your song. Yeah. You put so your, people came to your page. It was like this is the kind of music I like. You're forced to listen to it. Yep. So is that what happened with your music? People just started sharing it, but in that way. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if we're gonna be friends, you got to know this about me. It's a big thing, big way to open the door, an easy way to open the door. Great shorthand and a. Um, 
and we really benefited from from timing on that one that we were uh, that we for so many people we were writing some I was writing I guess something that they that felt to them like a way to explain themselves and MySpace was the way they where they could do that and then MySpace got all weird and you get viruses and and then it just went away yeah it was really a, Napster too but Napster kind of needed to go away mm-hmm. because it, when I was a kid I would go I can't believe these artists they want us to pay for this music. I was so offended. So mad, right? Yeah, I was like, I can't. I hate Metallica. I hate all. Th- they were obviously right because you are creating an art and you deserve to, you know, be able to live your life based on the art that people are consuming. But at the time as a kid, oh, I was so mad. I was like, I deserve to have this free. And I download every song. I would just hit the letter D, for example. I download every artist, started with D, including Dashboard Confession, all of it. So for you guys, again, Music being shared by like-minded people, I got to imagine that was massive for you guys for that brief period Napster was just killing it. Look, I I will have an unpopular opinion. I loved Napster. It made my career. Sure, it it like took away the livelihood I might have had, but wouldn't have. So I can only speak to how it affected me. And I I had a record made, but no distribution. And later when I got on like a small label, they didn't really have that distribution. And then when we were popping off, the label that we were on next was having like a war with their distribution. And that whole time I could still get my music into people's hands. And I remember being like, well, we can't get, like I literally couldn't get my records from the distribution place when we, when we were at that stage where we like should physical, have been able to, albums, could not physically get, them, yeah. get records. So I'd just be like, look, just buy it later if you want to, but maybe get it now so we can sing along together. Dang. So, but where I do think that it did us a service societally I guess as a uh, CDs were too expensive they were artificially Agree. priced in such a way that was that was harmful to the consumer I think and so Napster if if nothing else was sort of the great equalizer no, yeah but it took away a lot of people's paycheck <laughs> right? I'm mad again no yeah, we want it free again yeah. I mean, you shouldn't have it free <laughs> a, you should have it reasonably priced uh, when I, I was looking at your catalog of songs, you know, Stolen was such a massive song for you as well. When you hit this stage of your career, when Stolen, I mean, you, you're, you're a monster by the time Stolen hits, as far as people coming to your shows. I mean, I don't know that there was ever, for me, a time to see Dashboard and to see it so large and everywhere you went. Was this... I don't know what is when I say stolen in that song. Where does that put you in your mind about that point? Oh, I can tell. I got I got a chill even with how quickly it took me back to think about it. You know, I this I lived in basically a beach town in a tourist town, and so like when the easy, end of the season would come, um, you'd kind of get your city back, you'd kind of get your town back, but also like everything you loved about uh, the exciting now of it all when season was happening and you're a young person and there's, you know. Act, action, activity, girls, uh, new friends, all kinds of things that uh, felt familiar to me as I was transitioning now into like another place professionally where it's like, okay, I wish I could go back there, but everything ends. And I had this kind of, I was conflating the two things, like the beautiful temporary n- nature of it all and how it's all fleeting, it's all transitional and like, I just, it was kind of a nod to like, I think I need to acknowledge that I love, love it both ways. I love it when everything's happening and then I love it when it's really peaceful. And um, I always miss the other thing. Whichever place I'm in, I miss the other place. So, so grass is greener. It's more like, 
remember that it really isn't greener. It's special in both places. So it's dead on both. The grass is a deader. Grass is dead everywhere you go. Yeah, the grass is dead everywhere you go. There's no hope. <laughs> Would you mind playing a little bit of Stolen for us? Sure. We watch the season pull up its own stakes. Catch the last weekend of the last week before the gold and the glimmer have been replaced. Another sun soaked season fades away. You have stolen my heart. You The melody, the... Do you write melody first, or are you a lyrics guy? I think it's concurrent most of the time. I think I do the sort of a babble as I'm singing and catch a word here and there, and then I'll spend some time in lyrics and then sing melody, lyrics, melody, lyrics. It's sort of hand in glove. How fast did that song come out of you? You know, I always think about this. You know, those, those songs that you wrench on and you really just really, really are nitty-gritty on the, on, the, on the minutia of it all that take weeks and months or whatever. By rights, those are the ones that should really connect with people, but it's the ones that take, you know, they come in a flash. They connect with people, and this was one of the latter. You, your band, Dashboard Confessional, Counting Crows, doing a whole lot of shows together, or 50 shows. How'd you guys come together to, you know, get on this tour? Oh, we've been talking about this tour for, for a really long time. So Adam and I have been close friends for... It's hard to believe, but like uh, maybe it could be like 15 years or more, maybe 20. I don't know. Um, he's kind of been my favorite thing that's happened about my career, like people I've met, experiences I've had. They, they're sort of always connected right right to him. And and he's my lyrical hero, my musical hero, too. So it's a beautiful kind of thing that is constantly surprising to me that we're that that like I still listen to records like he's not that guy. Like he said, this not the guy I'm going to pal around with later. It's a whole different guy when I listen to music. So how did it come together? We've been trying to, we've been talking about it, trying to get schedules, trying to get albums to line up. And, and we're here. And it did. It worked. And it did. Yeah. I, I feel like people need to be quiet at these shows. Well, Between Dashboard and Counting Crows, people just need to shut up and enjoy the show. <laughs> Would you agree? Well, I'm going to sing along to them, so no. <laughs> mm, see, Sorry. people are talking. I don't care if they sing along, oh, okay. but if they're talking. Yeah, yeah, enough talking. Yeah, if you're playing, because uh, I'm, again, massive Counting Crows fan too. Like, look, when he sits down at the piano. Oh, yeah, hush. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. Everybody, shh. Yeah, this is it. We're ha- it's happening. Shh. Yes, right now. Uh, Chris, I really appreciate you coming by, man. Um, we talked about the tour a little earlier, but I'm going to say it again. The Counting Crows and Dashboard Confessional, the Banshee Season Tour, you can get tickets at dashboardconfessional.com. It's over 50 dates, and it's all the hits. You play all the hits? Yeah, man. Look, I know what we're there. Sure. Sometimes people are like, I don't And you're going to hear all the cuts. You're going to hear all the hits. Chris, big fan. Thank you so much for coming by. We really appreciate Thanks, it. Everybody. There he is. Chris, yeah. Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, I think I can eat a piece of pizza in under 30 seconds. Or I know it'll take you over a minute to drink that entire two liter. If you have, you're going to love Pick 6. 
the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Now, here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they have more or less of a certain stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and a whole bunch more. Track your picks. Play against others for a shot to win huge cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use the code BONES for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's the code BONES. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on uh, being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer. But I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time, and I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Ray Stanton was living in Washington, D.C. a few years ago when he was working as a garbage man. He worked for a trash place and his coworkers were like, dude, you're so smart. You should go to college. He's like, I never really thought about going to college. And they said, dude, we'll help you. So his coworkers got online, helped him get the application. He enrolled into the University of Maryland, got accepted. Then he graduated from there in 2018. He said, hey, why stop there? Let's go to law school. So he applies for law school at Harvard. And when he gets his acceptance letter, he shoots a video of it, puts it on social media. This is crazy. Tyler Perry, the filmmaker, sees the video and says, Whoa, this guy got accepted to Harvard. I'll pay for his school. What? So he goes to Harvard, gets his law degree. He's graduated now. He works at a law firm in New York City, and he's raised over $70,000 to give back to Harvard janitors. I mean, this guy is amazing. Here he is talking about it. In my life was just based off of me being a community-oriented individual, and I got that from my dad. My dad was like, just because you're going through something doesn't mean that's an excuse not to help somebody who can so this is like eight Tell Me Something Goods in one. This probably goes up <laughs> yeah. into the Hall of Fame right, of sweet. Tell Me Something Good because his workers are like, dude, you got to go to college. And then they did some of the legwork to get that going. And so he goes to University of Maryland, gets accepted, finishes there, 
There's your first. There's your first two. That's huge. The workers, and then graduate. Look at this guy. Did he graduated? Okay, cool. Goes to Harvard. Goes to law school. That's three. But but he doesn't pay for it. Tyler Perry. Then Tyler Perry jumps in. <laughs> That's four. And now he has donated back to other janitors at Harvard. At Harvard. That's five. That's this is uh, tell me something good Hall of Fame. Isn't that so cool? And now he works as a lawyer in New York. How you like Unbelievable. Them apples, huh? Hey, how you like them apples? You like apples? Yeah. How you like them apples? I feel like this could be a movie. Tyler I mean, Perry should like, jump on it. It's almost like Goodwill Hunting. I'm sure if he thought so, he'd be on it. Maybe he is. Yeah. Oh. And he's like, I think Tyler Perry should jump on it. Like he's listening now. He's like, you know what? I never thought about that. All right. Thank you, Eddie. That's what it's all about. That was tell me something good. These are internet riddles for kids. We googled it. But it's a game we play called Riddle Me This. I'll read you the riddle. After the second time I read the riddle, you have 15 seconds to give me the answer. Amy, ready? Ready. Riddle me this. I am full of holes, but can still hold water. I am full of holes, but I can still hold water. What am I? Sponge. Correct. Lunchbox. Yep. What goes up, but never comes down? What goes up and never comes down? Your age. Correct. Oh. Eddie, what's always coming but never arrives? Well, you got a hard one to start. These oh, two get like, the generic. But what's always coming but never arrives? Riddle me this. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. <laughs> It's always hit. coming, but never arrives. <laughs> nah, I'd rather not say it, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the answer is tomorrow. Okay. Right, there you go. That's tomorrow. It. All right. We're down to two. That was quick. <laughs> All right. Amy, what two things can you never eat for breakfast? Lunch and dinner. Correct. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Jumping wow. out there quick. Lunchbox, what has a neck but no head? What has a neck but no head? Don't do it. <laughs> what has a neck but no head? What has a neck? I'd rather. <laughs> oh my gosh. Be uh, safe, man. What has a neck? <laughs> Think of the FCC, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to keep my job, yeah. guys. What has a neck? <laughs> Time. What's your answer? I'm a bass, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bottle. Amy wins. Good game, Amy. It's not worth Amy it. Amy wins that way. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> All right. You guys well, are idiots. Hey, hey, let's guys are idiots. these, bones. You guys are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> these, we're like, like, check. You guys are so stupid. Okay, Amy, ready? We'll see who wins this one. If you drop a yellow hat into the Red Sea, what does it become? What? If you drop a yellow hat into... Oh. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what? Correct. Yeah. I was going to say lost. Okay. <laughs> I'm light as a feather, yet the strongest person can't hold me for five minutes. What am I? I'm light as a feather, yet the strongest person can't hold me for five minutes. What am I? Riddle me this. Your breath. Correct. What? <laughs> That's crazy. How did you get that? It just came to he me. He was even doing like curls with his arms. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to think yeah, about yeah. it. I was wow, like wow, going, wow. what? And... Okay. What has hands and a face, 
but can't hold anything or a smile. Oh, thank goodness. Clock. Yeah, good. Riddle me this. Yeah, you're okay to say that one, man. Yeah. What is yours, but mostly is used by others, Amy? What is yours, but is mostly used by others? Name. Good. Wow. Lunchbox, what has a ring but no finger? What has a ring but no finger? Phone. Telephone. Or doorbell would have been taken, too. Correct. Saturn? Okay, Saturn. (laughs) Would Saturn count? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just asking. I am always running, but I never get tired or hot. What am I, Lunchbox? Betty, this would be yours. Oh, it's mine. It's mine. Oh, it is? Oh, did he get the ring one? Yeah, he got oh, the ring. Oh, Amy just jumped in and made me think it was her. Yeah, got yeah. it. Can you repeat the question, Bob? Yeah, sorry about that. I really put you in the wrong direction there, buddy. I'm always running, but I never get tired or hot. What am I? Oh, Eddie, I don't know if I'd say it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Go ahead. Uh, the time. So I was Ooh. running. The clocks where I was running. <laughs> the no. TikTok. <laughs> running. The refrigerator. God! Sorry. Oh, man. Amy, I have keys, but no locks. I have space, but no room. You can enter, but you can't go outside. What am I? I have keys, but no locks. I have space, but no room. You can enter, but you can't go outside. What am I? Keys, can't go outside. Keys. 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 Space, but no room. You can enter, but you can't go. I don't know. I don't know. Piano. Oh, wrong. Mm. Oh, you're so close. So close. Keyboard. As in a typing keyboard. Enter, oh, space. Yeah. But no locks, space. space bar, but Got no it. room. Keyboard. Lunchbox for the win, and we'll go to a sudden death. If- Whoa! Let's go! What oh, has wheels and flies, but it's not an airplane? Say it again. What has wheels and flies, but not an airplane? What has wheels and flies, but it is not an airplane? Wheels that fly. What has wheels and flies, but not an airplane? Time. No. <laughs> See, where you missed it was, and I tried to say it over and over again. You said wheels that flies. It has wheels and flies. Like actually flies? Like wheels and flies. A garbage truck. Oh, yeah. Flies. See, both missed it. Sudden death for this one. Here we go. Oh, man. I should have tried. Hey, man. buzz in when you get it. Yeah. What tire doesn't move when your car turns Lunchbox. wide? Lunchbox. Spare tire. Correct. So Lunchbox wins that round. Now we're one sudden death away from the championship. Oh. Eddie, you're not in it. I'm okay. out. We both won one. All good. Okay. okay. Here we go. Sudden death. I have 13 hearts, but none of them beat. What am I? I have 13 hearts, but none of them beat. Lunchbox. Lunchbox. Deck of cards. Uh, yeah. 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 Nice That's work. That is correct. That is how you do it. He's not wrong. Nice job, Lunchbox. And they stay there. And they stay there. Wow. After you gave me the inappropriate one, round one, I, I came back. I didn't give you anything yeah, inappropriate. You, 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 too, man. you turned everything dirty. It I was came a back. Okay. And well, that's and 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 that's how you play. Before we go to jail, thank you. Oh boy. It's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know. 
We're going to hop over and talk to United States Marine Corps Corporal Aaron Mankin in just a second. He is in our Hyundai virtual green room. He is on with us from his place, his, his home. I'm going to tell you, he does not know that we're on with him to hopefully build him a home. We've done this six times before for different heroes that have served and have had catastrophic injury. Corporal Macon has had 70 surgeries. He has, and I'll let him tell the story about the IED that hit him, and he's got kids, and he's had burns and amputation and lung damage, serving us, serving this country. And so we have teamed up with Building Homes for Heroes to help veteran United States Marine Corps Corporal Aaron Mankin. We're going to build him a house. And he does not know that. So now we're going to connect him over so he doesn't hear that part. And he's on now. And here he is. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Marine Corporal Aaron Mankin. Hello, Aaron. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Thank you. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, Thanks for having me. First of all, from all of us, we appreciate your service, obviously. And I want to talk about why you joined, when you joined, and what happened to you specifically. And, you know, I always want to be sensitive when talking about what happened to you. So if I ask anything that's a little too much, let me know, okay? I appreciate that. Okay, cool. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm an open book. I'll talk about anything. I think it's a, important for people to uh, not only hear my story, but the opportunity I've had to to educate people about my experience and what it's like to uh, to come home. So you enlisted what year and, and where'd you live? So I enlisted out of my hometown here in Rogers, Arkansas, back in 2003 at the onset of the war. And back then it wasn't a war. It was, you know, Operation Iraqi Freedom. We were going to liberate the nation. So uh, that resonated with me. That spoke with me a lot. The idea of, uh, you know, the Bush doctor exporting democracy and going out and uh, helping the world in that way uh, really, really resonated with me. And I thought... You know, if I'm going to join the military, if, if this is what my generation is going to do, if this is my generation's war, what what can I do that that I that I do well so that I can be an asset uh, to my unit? And uh, I didn't want to just be another pair of boots in the sand, so uh, I took my skills as a as a photographer and a, a storyteller and uh, decided to become a combat correspondent. So I started my training and deployed to Iraq in 2005. Spent my time in in Fallujah and was there to, to tell the Marine Corps story. What does that mean, tell the Marine Corps story as someone that's in the Marine Corps? Are you telling it to people like us or are you telling it within? Uh, both, actually. So, you know, I had a camera in one hand, a rifle in the other, uh, and every Marine a rifleman. So, and, and especially having, you know, combat at the front of my, my billet, my job uh, is to be expected. And so I would write for I would write press releases for the general for the base newspaper but then those were also released online and back here in the states and I did videography I did uh, several reports that would come through the satellites out of Fallujah and then back to the states and wind up on the evening news so uh, you know the Marine Corps story is very much in large part the American story and so uh, you know just telling those those personal connections between the troops and and uh, and the home front. Did you find the fulfillment that you were searching for whenever you went in to the service, into the, the Marines? You had been there. It's, you did your training. You were serving. Did you feel like this is what I was meant for while you were doing it? I really did. I really thought that uh, not only was I in a place that um, that spoke to me, that fed me as, a, as an individual where I could lean on my skill set and be uh, valued 
within my unit and toward the mission. Uh, I did. I enjoyed it. Best job in the Marine Corps, hands down. Best job. I mean, I loved it. I mean, everything that the Marine Corps had its hands in, I I had the opportunity to go and, and tell that story. So if we were doing training and awesome high speed, uh, you know, uh, helicopter operations or, you know, uh, mount training or, uh, or, or a celebrity would come on base to uh, entertain the troops. If that's where the story was, then that's where I would be uh, in order to tell it. So we had mentioned before you came on that you've undergone 70 surgeries throughout your recovery, but I do want to talk about what happened that has, well, made you have 70 surgeries. So what do you remember about the day it happened to kind of walk me through it? When I survived that blast, I walked away. Luckily, I, I don't know how I escaped it, Bobby, to tell you the, the God honest truth. I mean, it took the lives of six Marines. And uh, I walked away with no broken bones, no shrapnel, uh, really just a flesh wound. <laughs> um, I had to give my face and uh, my flesh and, and a few fingers, but uh, you know, I had my life and got to walk away from it. And uh, honestly, every day has been a blessing since. What so, was it? An IED that exploded? A lot of times when you know we we talk to you know people that have been injured in war it, it's either an id they didn't know they drove up on or is that what happened with you yes yeah we were uh moving from one objective to the other and uh and our track uh, just happened to hit a, a stack mine that threw a 26 ton vehicle filled with marines chow ammunition threw us good t- 10 feet in the air boom boom came crashing back down and we thought it was an ambush. We thought we were taking fire, but it turns out that the heat was so intense inside the vehicle, all of our ordnance started to cook off. So all of our grenades, our flares, our 50 cal ammo, everything started to cook off inside. It was chaos. When you say cook off, does that mean like like shoot off, like firework, like if a firework stand were to catch fire? But that's like, it's like real, real stuff? Exactly. Oh, yeah. man. So what happens then as in, what do you remember next? Are, are, are you, do you wake up in a hospital? So at that point, uh, I'm on fire inside the vehicle. Uh, I open my eyes. I I can see flashes of orange and the, and the pitch black smoke. Uh, my first reaction was to just gasp, you know, just shocked. And I inhaled all this fire and debris. And later, surgeons would dig out cardboard and glass uh, out of my lungs. Uh, and panic set in, and I thought, I got to get out. And by that time, one of our sergeants had muscled open the back hatch and the smoke started to flood out. Daylight kind of trickled in and I found my truck and I just dove and I just uh, jumped out of the track. I landed in the road. Uh, I stopped and looked at myself and I was still on fire. And so I started to roll and roll and roll and I couldn't I couldn't put myself out. I just, uh, you know, exhausted myself trying to extinguish myself. And, uh, and I thought this is it. And this peace came over me and I thought. Uh, this is how my story ends. And, you know, they say your whole life flashes before your eyes. Uh, ironically for me, Bobby, being a, a photographer, I just saw all these like pictures. I just saw all these little still frames of all the people in my life that meant the world to me. And as I was trying to hold on to them, uh, I, I woke up to the sound of my fellow Marines yelling, put him out, put him out. You know, they run over, they dive on top of me and they're, uh, you know, kicking dirt on top of me, trying to put the flames out. And, uh, and they do. And then it's like they just evaporate. It's like they just disappear and they all go to help other Marines. And I wasn't wounded from the waist down. So I stood up uh, 
And uh, of course, in shock, and I thought, you know, I need to get to my camera. I need to get to my my mission. And so I started to walk back toward the track. Uh, and it was about then that our Navy corpsman uh, grabbed me by the collar and said, hey, you're hurt. You need to come with me. And that's really where the story of my recovery began. Uh, and I tell that story, you know, uh, to different groups um, around the country. And, and I'll, I'll point that that part out specifically and how often we'll, we'll walk around in life and not know how truly wounded we are. It takes someone else to come up to us and extend their hand and their help and their aid. So, um, so he gets me uh, to the casualty collection point and then they got to get me on the, uh, uh, on the chopper. Right. Then it's like every war movie you've ever seen. Let's go get them on the chopper. Let's go. You know, and they load me up on the litter and they start running through uh, a field to, to load me up onto the helicopter to our air support. And sure enough, you know, Murphy's law, things go wrong. And uh, uh, somebody fell over and I came tumbling out. Now I'm back on the ground. And we were so close to the bird, I thought, you know, I'll just walk. <laughs> so I start walking toward the bird and all the Marines start yelling at me. Hey, 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 lay down, lay down. You're in shock. We got you. Come on, you're in shock. I'm like, I'm shocked that you dropped me. Right? <laughs> right? Get this Marine some morphine. So they got me out of the bird and got me out of there. They knocked me out. And then I woke up uh, about two days later in San Antonio. So you're in San Antonio, and that's where they start to really work physically through your recovery. Uh, second and third degree burns to your arms and your face, amputated fingers, uh, PTSD, lung damage. I'm assuming the lung damage is from when you were breathing in and the fire, that's all you took in there? Yes. So physically, it has been extremely tough. 70 surgeries. That is so, yeah. When you can't even remember every surgery, there's no way I'd remember 70 surgeries. When you, can't, when you can't even remember every surgery, that's how you know you've had a lot of surgeries, right, Aunt, right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so here's what we're going to do. We're going to work together with Building Homes for Heroes, and our goal is to repay you, and it'll never actually be repayment for what you gave to this country. And our goal is to just simply build you a house. Build you a house that is easier for you to live in, easier for what you're going through, easier for your family. And so what we're going to do, because you told us your story and because you served, is we're going to get with our listeners and we're going to say, this is Aaron's story. If you guys would like to help, can you help? And over the past six years, we've been able to do just that. And so we've chosen you this year, uh, United States Marine Corps, Corporal Aaron Mankin, and we really want to hopefully impact your life in a positive way because of how you have impacted ours, if that's okay with you. Oh, my God. Uh, Bobby, I thought we were just talking here, man. You're sure. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Uh, that's, that's, that's so huge. I can't, uh, wow. Uh, thank you. Let us take it from here. Again, you've done so much. You've been through so much. It is the least that we can do. And we will be in touch very soon, my friend. So thank you again. And by the way, uh, behind you, I mean, I see Captain America. That's who you are to us, man. That's it. I mean, that's who you are. To, you got a little figurine back there, but, but you, corporal you, America. There you're you a corporal freaking America. That's yeah. right. Wow. <laughs> okay, so we will talk again soon. And again, I'll thank you again a million times. But for now, I'll just say we'll talk to you later, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. All right, thank Aaron. You. you Have a great day. And until we meet again. Thank you, Bobby. We'll see you soon. All right, thank there you. he is. United States Marine Corps Corporal Aaron Mankin. And what we do right now, if you want to go over to the website, it's up. It's ready for you. BobbyBones.com. 
It's right there. And that's where you can do the deal. That's where you can get the limited edition patriotic pimp and joy shirt. We have so much up there. We don't keep any of the money. Zero dollars, zero cents goes to us. We don't keep it all. We don't keep any of it. And let's do it. Let's build him a house, a house that he can move freely in, a house where he doesn't have to worry about restrictions of anything because of all the surgeries that he's been through. 70 surgeries. I don't have 70 friends. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he's been through 70 surgeries. Wow. Yeah, and his kids too, just creating a space for them to all live yeah. together with ease. Bobbybones.com. Up now, the limited edition Patriotic Pimp and Joy line. It is on sale. You will have it by July 4th, by the way. Yes, we, always. We, we will, Lunchbox will walk it to your house if it if it is not. Oh. I will. Say yes. USA. Yes, USA. Yes, USA. USA. That's right. <laughs> go now, bobbybones.com. Again, we don't keep any of the money, so let's go. Let's build them. Let's build them a house. United States Marine Corps Corporal Aaron Mankin, we appreciate his time. We'll talk to him again soon. And now it's up to you guys because you can go. We have a limited run today. Friday is going to be the big release, but I'm told you better go quick because we only have like 250 or so we're doing today. I guess I should have said that instead of just said everybody. <laughs> we only have a few today, but the big release is Friday, okay? All right, there you go. Thank you, guys. Uber Eats is going to, they say, unleash 2,000 AI-powered robots across the U.S. that will drop off food orders starting in 2026. I saw one in L.A. It's so legit until these things start killing people. <laughs> Dude, it freaked me out. I thought somebody was following me. I turned around as a robot, and it had food in its little claws. <laughs> Crazy. It claws. What? Going down the sidewalk. It was crazy. It freaked all of us out. Me and my wife and my son were like, whoa, what is that thing? Where's your picture or video? Yeah, I, I didn't even think about it. Well, you, you video everything and you don't no, video that? I was on social media, you know, uh, detox. detox. But you still record stuff. <laughs> well, I just forgot about it. The story is Uber Eats is throwing out 2,000 of these four-wheel robots in major U.S. cities in 2026. They'll be available in the app. If you select it, the robot brings you your food. And I'm telling you, it's a great idea until all of a sudden, robot not happy. He <laughs> <laughs> beats you up. Yeah. And shoot. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at pictures of them now. And that is bizarre. But in that hotel we were in once in Vegas, the robots brought you the food. But all, they just went to the elevator, up the elevator to your room. room. That's still bizarre. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but riding, this is like driving across the city. I'm telling you, seeing one on the, in the, on the street, the sidewalk yeah. is nuts. That's crazy. That's pretty cool, though. <laughs> it was cool. That's pretty cool. All right. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer. But I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but you know, somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Hey, join me in this fight. 
and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Here's Amy's pile of stories. Do you feel like your driver's license or your passport like represents you? Like if you show your fate, you show it at the airport, they're like, oh, you're the same person. Yeah, because on my driver's license, they let me wear my glasses, which they weren't supposed to. Oh, yeah. Oh, special treatment, huh? Yeah. Celebrity style. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll be honest with you. I liked it. (laughs) And then you're going to act like, but my my passport, I look like a serial killer, for sure. No glasses. I'm like, eh. Because like, they like, tell you not to smile. Yeah, on they're those, like, right? don't smile, no glasses. Yeah. It looks like I'm like middle of using the bathroom, <laughs> my face. So one yes, one no. Well, there was this one girl that was sharing how she got real done up for her passport photo. And she had on the makeup, the hair, all the things. And then when she went to fly early in the morning, rolled out of bed. That's funny, that ain't you. No makeup. Oh, and yeah. Crazy. She got pulled aside by the TSA agent and claiming you're not her. So I guess the the move would be to do medium. So if you're one way or the other, if you're like going to prom, but you have to get to the airport first, (laughs) that they still know. And also if you just wake up and no makeup. So it's probably just like medium makeup. Don't go full dolly. Have you ever seen mine? No. It's, it's, it's so stupid. I have. I have a full beard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it like goes, James Harden. Goes it's down like, to the bottom of my neck. If James Harden was from the valley. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Every single time I go to the airport, they do like tr- three takes. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, that's you. It's a weird time to take a picture. It's so dumb. Whenever you're doing something with your face or body or hair that isn't common, because you know you're going to get out of it. One time, Morgan number one dyed her hair blonde for a group picture. Yeah, you bring that up a lot. And I was like... <laughs> Then you gotta stay blonde. Like she, it was blonde, blonde. Usually it's brown. So we do our show picture, and then she's blonde, like Barbie blonde. And then like a week later, it's brown again. And then it never. Like what was she? <laughs> how, how long has she been not on the show and doing your other stuff? I don't know years. Years, yeah. I should probably let like, go of that, so- but I can't. I can't. I can't let like, go of it. Well, also, I'm just going to point out that's literally last time we did a show photo shoot. Yeah, probably. So. We do photo shoots all the time for different things. Pep and Joy stuff, group stuff. Oh, I mean, like, a, that was like a real, like, we were... Yeah, mostly now they made me pay for it myself, and I just give them mine. Oh, that's why we haven't taken one in a while. Yeah, okay. <laughs> pay for you guys' crap. I got to pay for my own. All right, what else? For anybody that's dating, it takes 19 minutes for someone to know if they want a second date. And the top things people are looking for... Manners, personality. I got to tell you, manners is not the first thing that's looked for by dudes. That may be the first answer they give, yeah. but it ain't the first thing. Go ahead. Okay, what is the first thing you look for? Uh, I don't. I, I, I have said a, dudes. I have a wife, and she's beautiful, and yeah, she's yeah. the only person I've ever wanted to date <laughs> right. a second time. Ding. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, personality comes in okay. a second. Like, listen, somebody that's friendly and you can actually talk. Yeah, conversation skills. That's it. I mean, you, you you don't want to go on a second date with somebody just because they're hot. Like, that definitely helps if you're attracted to them. But if you're attracted to them and you sit down and you're like, I, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, we don't have anything in common. You have no personality. Like, that's got to be first. At, at what point for you, because I assume maybe when Caitlin, since that's the only person you've gone out with, she didn't know you were a radio personality, so she didn't know you were a talker on air. Because, like, the difference, like, you don't really talk that much off air. Yeah, but uh, we had a mutual friend. So right. Her friend from Oklahoma. So she didn't have to figure out the two well, sides of you. Well, we weren't even trying to date. Yeah. Oh, she just met me as, like, a person. We didn't date, go out on a date forever, months and months. Okay, but on the first date, are you talkative? Oh, yeah, I'm on, baby. Let's go. Right, but when do, when <laughs> no, you, when do you not, reveal that you... It's my best representative. Let's go. <laughs> when do you reveal that you dial it down with the talking? That's a good question. Uh, Nah, about a third of the way through the first date. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you like this? You just shut down. Yeah, this is going to go down. <laughs> the power runs out. Yeah, go ahead. Well, 19 minutes. That's how long you got, and you can figure it out. Kenny Chesney was talking about how he keeps his mental health in check, and there's three things that he's doing. Breath work, heat, so I assume some sort of sweating, sauna situation. And then No shoes, no no shirt, no no problem. problem. In addition to the breath and the heat, he is very much into the ice baths like everybody else. But he says he keeps one right outside his bus every day. Pops in and it's the best thing for him. uh, Ice bath, a little different than a cool plunge, I guess. Ice bath you can get into if your body is inflamed, a lot of inflammation. You get Mm -hmm. in the ice bath. We used to have, you know, Athletics, you get an ice bath. I hated it. Injuries, ice bath, inflammation. Out. The cool, the thing. That's the stupidest thing. It's the stupidest thing. Uh, the I, cold plunge. Yes, it's, oh. it's, so, it's so dumb. Here's why. Okay. First of all, there's nothing scientific about it really that tells you that it's doing anything for your body. And trust me, I've done a lot of research on this because I just love to prove people wrong. So I was with Jake Owen. We were away, and he was like, "Get in the cold plunge." And I'm like, "What's the purpose?" He goes, "It's gonna make you feel better." I'm like, "Why?" It'll go. You just accomplish something in the morning. And I'm like, "I accomplish plenty all day. I'm good." <laughs> He's like, "No, you'll just feel like you're a better person. You'll be like, woo." And so I'm like, "Okay, fine, whatever." And so. Knocks on my door at like 6.30 in the morning. We got to go in the morning. I'd rather, I'd rather slept in. Why can't we do the cold plunge at noon? Uh, in the morning, though, really gets you going. And then it's like, don't you feel good you accomplished that? And I'm like, I, nope. I could accomplish that at 3 p.m. I could have accomplished more sleep for me. And he's like, oh, but it really gets your engine going. And I'm like, that's not scientific. There's no engine. <laughs> so the I had a doctor on my podcast. He's super popular, Dr. Mark Heinen. And he said the top two things if he could recommend to people for longevity and hacking your body is two things heat that, and two things that are very vague longevity and hacking your body okay no well he's talking he likes to look at your don't con- hack my body by the way i want body hacked like you have your chronological age but then also your biological age mm-hmm. like you can change he's like you can get younger and the top two things i tell people obviously besides you know food and whatnot is food and whatnot i'm going with whatnot <laughs> well no these are the two things whatnot means good. like obviously you you exercise you yeah. eat certain things yeah. but he said heat through sauna and uh, Cold plunge. And, and what's the benefit of the cold plunge? Other than saying, I got up in the morning and accomplished a did, plunge. In your research, did it bring up that it stimulates the vagus nerve? You know, not the vagus nerve, not the Reno nerve, not the Sacramento <laughs> nerve. <laughs> none of those cities in the West, none of those nerves were affected. Okay. Yeah. My research was like 10 articles, a couple podcasts. And I'm a doctor too, so... That's a good point. You are. You have that doctor on your podcast? Yeah, this doctor on your podcast? I forgot. I'll tell you a lot of stuff about the Vegas nerve. He's well known. Yeah. Of letters. You have any letters you want me to tell you about? Letter A? (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, come ah. on. Letter E, E. Oh. Letter I, I. Uh-huh. That's all I do is vowel sounds. <laughs> huh? Anyway, go find a stupid. All right, what, is that it? I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Lucas Smith is five-year-old in Wisconsin. He has turned a community service project into something he does all the time now. He's pledged to craft a handmade birthday card for every kid in a small town that is in central Wisconsin. Now, his mom talks about it, says, well, he was doing some community service hours, not because he was in trouble, which has happened to, let's be honest, some of our friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But because he just wanted to do something for the town and he was going to get like bonus points at school as well. But he found that by giving back, it made him feel better. And so that's what he does is he does these birthday cards makes all of them personalized to each kid he gives it to and he's like if this is my little way of doing it then I'm affecting the world in a positive way again he's only five years old wow it's amazing he's not playing video games in his free time that's what my five year old do he's not I don't know what else they do uh, nothing, man. Fight. Nothing really. Fight, fight with her brothers. Yeah, fight that's with what he's not doing. <laughs> he's thinking about others. And this is the kind of kid that this grow, birthday cards grows into B, then C, then D. This is what changes the world. Five years old. Lucas Smith, if you're listening, buddy, we appreciate that. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Here's a voicemail from Matt in Lexington, Kentucky. I was calling for some advice. Uh, I'm recently engaged and uh, we are trying to come up with a guest list. And I was just wondering, is it okay to invite your coworkers or should you invite coworkers? Uh, Any advice would help. Thanks. Great question. I'll say what I always say. First of all, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do on your wedding. There's some things you may feel pressure to do, but you don't have to do anything. You don't have to invite the coworkers you're not close to. Even on this show, whenever I had my wedding, I think everybody was invited, but like Morgan didn't have a boyfriend, so she didn't get a plus one. Like Abby didn't get a plus one. So all the rules aren't the same. We had the rule of with coworkers, especially if you're part of the show, because we all work pretty closely together. Everybody was invited. But if you didn't have a significant person, you didn't get to bring somebody. But that was our rule that we made up for it. I didn't invite coworkers like outside of our group. Yeah. I mean, I don't give a crap about our salespeople because I don't know them, so I don't feel the need to bring them into the wedding. What was the priority order of like when you made your list? Family first and then like friends? Maybe to her. With me, lottery system. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people I'm close to. Okay. I didn't have a lot of family to invite anyway. Yeah. But we had a number we built to that number and then we had a bunch that we were like, this is borderline. And then we had to go through and kind oh, of make cuts. The, kind of, yeah. Dang. So we made our for sure list, and then we had a whole list of people that we were still like, okay, should we invite them? Should we not? But we only can invite like half of that group that was in that list. (laughs) And then we had a couple that didn't make it, but other people backed out, so then they got the invite, and they moved up into the list. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is that that any of us? No. Okay. No, no, no. I just left... um because I was thinking back, because working in radio, sometimes, you know, people don't have their real name. And I remember Caitlin having to tell you, like, no, 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 no. I need their real name. I'm like, no, his name's Gator. <laughs> like, right. his name's Gator. Put that on the invitation. It, she was like, between Gator and Lunchbox and <laughs> Slick Willie. She was like, I don't know who all these people are. What are their names? But it was also when I found out people's real names for the first time, too. Like, I didn't even know what Gator's real name was. Yeah. But yeah, the whole wedding process. Just make it about you as much as possible. There were awkward people I didn't invite that I have professional relationships with, but that's showbiz, baby. 
And sometimes I'd be like, hey, did you ever get married? Or oh, when's, your, no. when's your wedding? Oh, That's that, was a bad, that was a bad one. Before the wedding, when's your wedding? Uh, mm-hmm. Gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, do so. You know, you fall down. So do what you want to do. That's the move. If you don't want to invite people from work, do not feel like you have to. All right, here's one more. This is Casey from Tennessee. Morning, studio. I just had a question for you guys because I need some advice. I just started recently, about two weeks ago, a part-time job um, that I really enjoy before I was just a stay-at-home mom. And I just got my paycheck today, and I thought it looked a little high, and I calculated it all out. And it looks like they paid me about $10 more an hour than my actual rate is. And obviously, this is a mistake, but obviously, the extra money is good, so... Um, I just wanted your guys' advice if I should just reply to her and say, sorry, money's gone. Sorry. <laughs> what do you guys think? I think they're going to come for the money eventually anyway. They'll eventually, they'll do some sort of, all right, let's look and see what we're supposed to be financially. Audit. And they'll, they'll be off and they'll be like, well, well let's check everybody's note. Uh, that's going to happen probably. Why I would not be good at just keeping the money is I'd one, I'd always worry about that. And then two, you'd have to budget in your mind, well, if they do come for it, then I'm going to be in the hole this next month. And where am I going to get that? I just don't want that gymna- that money gymnastics happening. So you would go ahead and tell them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Get ahead of it. I'd be like, hey, this was my check. Was it supposed to be this high? Will you please check? Because I don't want to have to pay this back. It's not because I'm some great soul or some honest soul. Although I do feel like I'm pretty honest. I just would not want to have to constantly worry and go, well, if they do take it back now, now I got to rebudget everything. Because you spend that money quick and it's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. That money gone by whenever you, sorry, whenever you go buy something fun for you. So I would email them for sure because 95% chance they're going to ask for it back. I know, Lunchbox, you don't subscribe to that. No, you got two options. You can quit the job and just, you know, for, for, quit the <laughs> job. move on, find another part-time job. Be like, man, I scored one. Or you just hush, hush, keep getting those paychecks and keep catching that extra money. And then eventually six months down the road, quit and walk away with all that money. So always quit. <laughs> uh, always you, quit before you get caught. Yeah, because she's yeah. there part-time, man. Like she doesn't want to, it's not like her, her life is depending on this money and she wants to be there and she plans to parlay this into a full-time job. She's and doing she, this as a hobby. Yeah, but it's still... She may. They're going to come for the money. She yeah, well, guess what? Close. Money's gone, and I'm gone. Sorry. That's not really how it works, but I like it. <laughs> like like that you, you give your answer here. Amy, anything you want to say? I, I agree with you. The best thing to do is just address it. We've had yeah. it happen here. And hopefully this like, you know what? Keep it. We, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Like, check. Say, what do you have down for my... Uh, like, maybe they were like, hey, she's pretty awesome. Let's go ahead and pay her this. Or you could be like, hey, did you guys pay me enough? Will you look at the check? <laughs> no, because then they're going to be like, oh, we paid you too much. Don't, That's okay, dr- too, though. Don't draw any attention to uh, it. Okay. No, no, no. They'll. Th- this could help you get a raise faster. Well, that ain't true either. Okay, let's <laughs> go over and do the morning corny. The morning corny. What did the Dalmatians say after dinner? What did the Dalmatians say after dinner? Well, that hit the spot. <laughs> <laughs> That was the morning corny. I'm told Lunchbox went and waited in the bathroom for Adam Duritz from County Crows when he, because Adam Duritz walked in and Lunchbox was in there peeing and just he just lingered. Um, he loves doing that. So his new goal is to wash his hands with as many celebrities as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? And what do you mean wash your hands, though? Like, like at the same time, like share that small like sink? Yeah, we have one sink in the men's bathroom. It has one faucet. And so when they're washing your hands, you have to go in for the hand wash at the same time so you can say that you washed your hands with blank. 
I did it with Keith Urban. The water dripped from his hands to my hands, my hands That's to so his weird. hands. Yeah. And it was like, wow, it was something you guys, I didn't even think about it. Eddie told on me, and it was like, man, this is something that's pretty cool. Not a lot of As people. As what, though? Like a conversation piece? Just a- yes. Like at a party, like, oh, you ever met any celebrities? Well, actually, I've washed my hands with some. You know, and they're like, what? Yeah. What parties are you going to, by the way? <laughs> I go to some parties. <laughs> so who have you, so far, who do you have on your list? Keith Urban. Okay. And now Adam Duritz. Those are the only two. And what happened is I was in there at the urinal. I, there's two urinals. There's one on the right and one on the left. Closer, and I was on the left one. I was, you know, using it. And all of a sudden he comes in. And I'm already at the end of my my uh, stream. So I'm like, <laughs> huh, I'm going to have to linger here for a minute because if I go now, I'm not going to be able to use the sink with him. So I just kind of stood there like I was still going to the bathroom. He got done. And he goes over, starts washing his hands. I was like, I'm going in. And I stuck my hands in there and he goes, Interesting. And then he took the paper towel and walked out. That was it. <laughs> that was all. There was no conversation. There was no eye contact. He just said, interesting, yeah. one word, paper towel, and out. And I was like, I did it. I did it. I dripped water onto Adam Duritz's hands. Oh, so you're on top this time. I was on top. You're on bottom last time. Yeah. This time he, on top. He, he was pretty much pulling out, ready to go. And I, I had to force my way in and get my hands in there and make sure I dripped some water on him. Mm, so great. it was pretty awesome. I feel awkward. So how do you plan to continue this? Because it seems like you've just been in there luckily at the right time right and that's what sometimes these artists come and they don't even use our bathroom so i always go after the interview because i assume that after the interview is when they're gonna have to go too so that's why you leave so quickly yes i gotta get in position i gotta go get in the air sometimes i go in the stall and sit and wait and sometimes i just stand at the urinal and i don't even oh, pee. can you imagine if he's in the stall oh my god and you're washing your hands and he comes out and washes his <laughs> hands. but i haven't had, the- i haven't had a stall game yet like i haven't had no stall takers like Every time I've been in the stall, no one comes in. And the urinal has been the the, the golden well, is, goose. Hey, Scooby Steve, what do you think about this? Is it so funny that we don't care? Or is it creepy and we should... We can't really stop him from the bathroom, though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah well, I, we can't stop that, but now it's on the air, and I'm I'm fearful of guests not wanting to come here anymore oh, because they want to be bombarded in the bathroom. It is funny. I think we should continue to do it just because it's a great, funny thing for the show. But I, I worry that this could be a problem long term. That sink is so small, and the fact and it's it only is. got one little head. Yeah. No, and it only has cold water. There's no hot water. It's just it just turns on. There's no turn it to cold or hot. You just stick your hands under it. Boom. And County Crows guy said, "Interesting." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Nothing else. Like, no, no back and forth. No, like, what are you doing? No, like, is there some why some reason you're doing that? No, just interesting. He's speechless. And he grabbed it. The pair. guy who says things for a living. <laughs> speechless. Had nothing to say. <laughs> okay. Um, we can't tell him not to go to the bathroom. Hey, these hands. Me and Keith, uh, and now me and Adam. Anybody on the list you're looking forward to getting a, getting a hold of? Do you have any goals? I mean... Who's your ultimate hand-washing artist? Oh, I haven't even thought about that. Uh... Probably Garth Brooks. He's the biggest of all time. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, if we ever get Garth Brooks back in here, I will definitely post it up in the bathroom. You like giving him. He water. never even comes in the studio. From the minute Garth gets here, he just waits in the bathroom for him the entire show. You know that's gonna happen. We talked about Al Pacino last week. He's in his eighties, having a baby, and now he wants a DNA test because he's like, oh, I don't know if that's my kid. What? So Al Pacino apparently did not want another kid. And asked for a prenatal DNA test to prove that it was his kid. A source said that. The mom-to-be and him aren't even in a relationship. Quote, it's a mess. A source claims that Nor, her, her name's Nor Afala, said, hey, I can't conceive because of a thyroid problem. Hey, never believe that, rich guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. A source says she knew Al didn't want to have more kids. They have no relationship. It's a mess. 
supposedly nor weaseled her way into Al's life before the pandemic by becoming close to his 22-year-old daughter. Yeah, that's a move, huh? Be friends with your daughter. Be friends with the daughter. That's how you get to meet the dad, the famous dad. Yeah, I guess so. The relationship was basically over for more than a year when she reestablished contact and got pregnant. So what does that That's mean? You're the real, so they did have a relationship. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, and so, yeah, but then that happened. She went away, then came back mm-hmm. and got pregnant. She reestablished contact, meaning they got it on. Yeah. To say that. Exactly. They randomly got it <laughs> oh, on. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Reestablished <laughs> contact means hooked up. On the flip side, Robert De Niro says that being a father again feels great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a Robert De Niro. Okay. That's the other one. I get them confused, but they're both in the story. Robert De Niro says being a father again feels great and he's very happy for Al Pacino. Oh, Al Pacino is the it. one. See, don't they feel like the same person? Yeah. 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 Now I feel like. And the they're same also person. both really old having kids. Yeah. With young girls. But De Niro, I think, did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And he's he happy had a kid. That. Yes. And Pacino's like, what's he deal with? <laughs> this is not my this kid. This is my kid. <laughs> so I don't know what a pre, I know what it is. I don't know how they do a prenatal DNA test. And why would more people not have that done if you're confused on who it is instead of waiting for nine months? Because lunchbox didn't that happen to one of your friends? Uh, yeah. One of my buddies, he uh, got a girl pregnant and she came to him and said, I'm pregnant. And he was like, man, I don't know if it's my kid. So when the baby was born, he had me buy a DNA test, and he swabbed the baby, mailed it, and the results came to my house. And I was like, hey, dude, I got him. You can come by and pick him up. He goes, no, go ahead and open him, man. I was like, what? (laughs) He wanted you to open him? (laughs) Yeah, I was about to go in and get a haircut, and I was like, man, I was like, what if it's not yours? He goes, well, I'm going to come pick you up, and you're going to help me move my stuff. And I was like, okay. Was it in an envelope? It was in an envelope. Like a standard white envelope or like no, a manila no, like envelope? A manila oh, envelope. oh, let's like go. That's when you know thing. it's serious. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy. And I opened it up and it's like a packet. And it's like the first thing is it tells you, explains the test and everything. Second page, you flip it to you and says, the results of the DNA test are, you are 99.9% the father. Oh, okay. Yes. And what was his, well, it depends. What? what was his reaction? He was like, all right, good. All he right. wanted it to be his. I don't know if he wanted it to be his uh-huh. or if he was just more like, okay, now we deal with it. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like it was, I was like, better than being dealt with. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I was good like, feeling but, for the kid. And I was like, but what are, are, what if it's not, aren't you guys in love? And he's like, we'll figure that out. And I was just like, okay, I don't know. I don't understand this, but it was cool. Like, and how'd the haircut go after that? Oh man, the haircut, I was good. It was a little high on the, you know, they went a little high on the yeah. top, but it looked pretty good. And good, I was just, good, good. The whole time I was just there going, man, I have these DNA results. That's crazy. I just had to reveal DNA results to my buddy. You were Mari, dude. For a minute, you were yeah. Markovich. That's right. And I was like, and you are the you father. You are the father. <laughs> ah! And she was like, ah, I told you, told you. We were talking oh. on Friday's show about elevators and that button you push that closes the door. You push it, make the door close. Yeah, you said it's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's so weird. It's really not a thing. You can't make it close earlier than it is time to close anyway. Hmm. So as much as you push that button, it doesn't work. And then we started talking about, you know, if you're ever on an elevator with anybody famous randomly, I'll go first. I got an elevator with a prince once. Prince, the same. Purple rain, purple oh, rain. Oh, that's Prince, amazing. Prince. Yeah. I thought you were like saying Prince of Wales or something. Mm-hmm. Prince, uh, even cooler. Prince, the same, him and some bodyguards, and he was tiny, and it was an accident. I was at a like a club bar type outdoor venue in Austin, and there was Prince. Did you talk to him? No, nothing. Oh, you didn't no. say what up? No bodyguard. You didn't start I wouldn't singing? talk to anybody anyway, and then I wouldn't go and talk to Prince either because he didn't look like he wanted to be talked to, and he had bodyguards with him. Did you uh. stare at him? No, I saw who it was and I was like, oh my God. And so I kind of looked to the side and try, but I only have one good eye, remember? So I had to put him on the left (laughs) side of me. 
So I moved over and then kind of looked that way, but I didn't want to look too much either. But mine is Prince. So anybody ever been on an elevator with anybody cool randomly? Lunchbox. Uh, yeah, I was on the elevator with John Legend and Chrissy Teigen at Celebrity Family Feud. I was just walking backstage and I saw them get on the elevator. And I was like, <laughs> I might as well go up too. Oh, so you only got on oh, the elevator. I only got on the elevator because they went on the elevator. I was like, I might as well jump on. And That's just... not random. Uh, no, that is random. No, no, no You no, no. randomly saw them somewhere and then followed them into an elevator. Yes, it was okay. awkward. Yeah. yeah, you made it happen. Yeah, I did make it happen. Yeah. I, mean, I was like, I'm not missing this opportunity to be in an enclosed space with Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. How awesome. Did you talk to them? I was just like, how's it going? And they were just like, ah! They, they were, I think they were... Uh, Huh? They're having fun drinking. Our listeners can't see what you're doing with their ha- your hands. I, I know. I didn't know if I should say that. They were okay. drinking. Allegedly. Allegedly, I think they were. They were. Coming. But they give you alcohol before that show because they want you to be funny. Why didn't they give us alcohol? I don't know. Oh. Maybe they knew we were going to be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Amy, anybody? Halsey. Yeah, I think I was with you that time. You were. She was wearing a raincoat, and I think that's it. And definitely smelled like things. Huh? Like perfume? Like- Allegedly. <laughs> Oh, here we go. I, get, I, get. I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> Eddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Danza in Vegas. I was with my family. Like, my parents were in the elevator, and he was in there, and I was like, Tony, my man. I started talking to him, and I don't remember this, but my mom to this day says I gave him a hug. I don't remember that. Hey, I'd been. No, I mean, yeah, it was allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, you'd been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Uh, let's go to Kaylee in Charleston, South Carolina. Kaylee, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Pretty good. So tell me your elevator story. Um, so I, my sister and I had just gotten to Vegas, and we um, hit the button, and we're waiting to go up to our room, and the door opened, and Jason Aldean was there all by himself. <laughs> so he got off and took a picture with us and held the door for us while we all took our picture and stuff, and then he went on his way. <laughs> was he wearing just a ball cap, and I'm assuming not his stage cowboy hat? No, I think he was heading to rehearsal for ACMs, and he was all by himself. It was, like, right when his divorce stuff happened, so. It's hard to see Jason in public and know it's Jason a lot of the time because he, again, Jason that walks around, wears a ball cap, and is pretty normal. Yeah. The only way you can really spot him is the earrings. Otherwise, he changes his stage attire. He can live almost a normal life. So that's why I was asking about the cowboy hat. I think, too, cut off shirts a lot. Let's see. On stage? No, uh, just like a, when hanging I, out. When I see him, some videos pop up on Instagram. Like every time he's hanging out, he likes to cut those sleeves off. I felt that I, I don't have sleeves on half of my shirts, mm-hmm. but probably for different reasons. <laughs> he has a lot of cool tattoos. Yeah, oh sure. yeah, yeah. me, I'm, I just I don't like to be restricted. You know. Uh, thank you, Kaylee. Hope you're good. Have a good day. Yes, thank you. All right, Bye. see you later. Uh, let's go to Wendy in North Carolina. Wendy, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. What's going on? Hey, how are y'all? Doing pretty good. What's your story? Okay, um, if this is back when um, Shannon Tatum made an appearance in Greensboro, you know, North Carolina. He was like, he actually went to the mall. Like, people knew he was there, but nobody ever really saw him. Well, I was running into the mall to return some merchandise, and I was, like, in the bummiest outfit you could ever imagine. Like, leggings, baggy t-shirt, like, flip-flops, just running in and running out, messy hair bun, whatever. I got on the elevator leaving, and when I did, um, I seen, like, two guys that probably were protecting somebody, and they were coming in, and he was behind them, had his ball cap on, and I, he kind of just glanced over. I had, like, one of the Magic Mike 
starts on the exit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and um, he noticed, he looked over, he said, so you're a fan, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I didn't know what to say. I'm like cringing. And I was like, but I'm sorry, I just look so terrible. And he's like, well, look at me, I'm bummy. I was like, no, you'll look good in anything. I said, or nothing. And I couldn't okay. believe I said Wait, you that said that? You said or nothing? <laughs> yes. Yes. She meant it. Oh. What, what was his reaction? Just came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, he was really nice about it. He was really cool about it. He was like, hey, do you want me to sign your shirt? And he said, it's, you know, hey, you can keep this. You didn't come out the mall with anything. You had to exchange it. You didn't get what you wanted. He said, you want me to sign it? And he went ahead and signed it for me. And I got to go out the elevator with him and walk out to the car. And when we got outside, he took a picture with me. And he said, he said, nice. I got to meet you. He said, I'm glad you're fans. And he was really nice about it. That's but cool. I just couldn't believe those words come out my mouth. He also wears a lie. <laughs> Where's the lie? She didn't lie. Right, that's that's awesome. Go to nothing. All right, one final thing. Let's go, Cat in Austin, Texas. Cat, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. What's going on? Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing pretty good. What's your story? My story was I worked in Austin. I got on the elevator, and it was John Travolta. Wow. And uh, where I worked, you could not call them by their first name, so it was a very awkward, quiet elevator ride because in my mind you know this is back probably 97 I was like I'm not going to call him Mr. Jones this is just embarrassing I know who it is so he just kind of smiled at me and I smiled at him and ding we got off the elevator or I did he stayed on but yeah I was on the with John Travolta that's pretty cool you can call him Mr. Travolta though I call him Mr. Danny Zuko (laughs) Mr. Zuko (laughs) some of love and had me a blast alright thank you have a good day cat Thank you, too. Bye. See you later. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I want to say thanks for everybody who has helped with St. Jude. I mean, you guys are changing lives. You guys are saving lives. St. Jude has been leading the way to the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of cancer. And I'm talking about childhood cancer. Your support actually means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the parents can focus on being a parent and helping their kid live. You know, I never had cancer But I was in the hospital as a kid for a long time. And I just remember how difficult it was, how scary it was. And then I remember getting out and having to figure out how to pay the bill. I didn't have to pay it, but somebody did. But St. Jude eliminates a lot of that. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in Hope. You'll get an awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join the doctors, the researchers. Join me in this fight and visit musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, 
That's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Thank you guys for hanging out. Let's go over and do the news. Bobby's Big Stories. Amazon confirms a new series of The Office is coming. What? I thought the same thing. I thought, what? Out of nowhere? But the new version will be Australian. Oh. And there have been 13 different adaptations of The Office, so it is not new that another country is doing their version of it. So there's been The Office. Obviously, UK is where it started. Two seasons. The UK had it right. They do two seasons of every show, then they're done for the most part. And they do occasional comebacks. But America, we, we just beat it to death. And we're like, just a tiny bit of life in it. <laughs> they milk it. And it won't be near as good, but we can still get people to watch it for a minute and sell ads. Let's do it. Yeah. Although we're getting a little better at that with some of these like HBO Max shows. Yeah, some I wish would keep going. Yeah. Uh, so there's UK, American. There's India, Israel, Canada, Chile, France. Oh, Poland. Chile. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. But Australia will be having their version of The Office, and the Michael Scott character will be a woman named Felicity Ward. That's from News.com. Some Taylor Swift fans wear adult diapers so they don't miss a song. Like, I felt that. Yeah. No. I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't have the heart to just pee on myself, but I like the passion. I like that you're dedicated, and whatever you got to do to stay dedicated, like, I felt that, like, in my bones for sure, but not for this. There's something to be said for dedication, but this one fan on TikTok said, well, I don't want to miss a single song, so I wear an adult diaper. Okay. And that's the case. And this story's from Barstool, and... You know, I hate leaving a movie to go to the bathroom. I will almost rupture a bladder, then have to walk out and pee. Like I felt that, but I just—I don't think I could just use the bathroom on myself. Oh, um, some doctor I don't know or nurse just works with the pelvic floor and a lot of women, and she said holding pee at concerts is one of the worst things you can do for yourself. So may, this is the diaper is actually a good thing, and because go to the bathroom before the main act. It's on. disgusting. Also, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're gonna Harry, smell like pee. Yes, and these and girls are like that, And that's the best. That's the best option, Eddie. There's <laughs> but, another option, too. But at least it's in a diaper, which, you know, absorbs the odor. Because yeah, some really, people no. at Harry Styles were just peeing. No uh, diaper. You should I, smell my kid's diaper. It didn't hold not the good. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, power your shower by doing this. If you want to start your morning with a lot of energy, stand under warm water for a couple minutes, then turn down the temperature and get a blast of cold water for one minute, <laughs> then go back to warm. No, I'm yes. good. Most importantly, in your shower with freezing cold water because it improves circulation, which, which jolts your mood. You'll also find that during your work day, your hands and feet won't get as cold. That's from a book called Alter Your Life by Kathleen Hall. Warm, cold, warm, cold. You would wake up Caitlin. If you went to cold. Why? Because I'd be like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I, hate, exactly. I don't take cold showers. I don't like that. I like the room to be freezing cold because, especially when I sleep, because I like to have lots of blankets on me. So I need a comforter. Even if it's 100 degrees, I got to have a comforter on top of me. But I like it to be cold outside, warm underneath, and then only warm showers, hot showers, hot baths. Yeah. That's it. Only warm. Yeah, I don't like the cold at all. So that's apparently, if you want to be successful in life and make a lot of money, that's what you need to do. <laughs> Money has a lot to do with friendships. This is from a book called Smart Money Strategies. During the first 10 years of being married, a majority of the couples surveyed consistently choose to hang out with other couples whose income mirrors their own. 
people who have the same amount of money to spend on restaurants, vacations, entertainment, naturally are able to spend time with each other and have to worry that they're going over or under or not maintaining the same lifestyle as their friends, which could be seen as a good or bad thing depending who you are. It's also why famous people tend to hang out with other famous people because they meet at events exclusive to famous people and they have basically enough money to do the same stuff. Amy, thoughts? Yeah, I I see how that could happen. And then just being aware and conscious of different relationships and knowing like, hey, if you think a friend may not be able to do what you're doing, how can you think of something that they could do? I won't do that. I just pay for it. Invite them over for dinner or that. I like that. that. That's why we always hang out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm I'm lucky enough to have money. So come on, I'll pay for it. And then that's it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, we don't want to lose friendships because of money. Right. Yeah, but you do because I mean, or I would want someone to think of me, or yes, pay for me. It depends; like it's all different. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got some friends you make more than some friends make way more than you. Yeah, I think it's easier though if you all come from the same place. Yeah, meaning if I'm with somebody who's like a rich stock market family, New Yorker, and they've always had a ton of money, that's weird to me. Like that's that that's like you don't even understand what it's like to have to spend money. You just always had money, <gasps> but those are trauma issues that I have to deal with. <laughs> I do, and I have to pay money to deal with still, them, too. Still yeah, still today, yes. Do you see, though, that like you're the generation that broke that for you? Like, your kids... So far. Don't give me credit yet. Why? You're going to lose it all? You're going to lose it all before Never know. <laughs> that okay. would be impressive. Never know. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm telling you, I'm scared to death of it. I'm scared no, to death of good. it. Uh, from Yahoo, a Kentucky man buys a $5 lottery ticket while camping and returns to his campsite with a bottle of champagne. Because he goes... Bought a $5 grilling and chilling scratch-off ticket and won $75,000. He purchased a winning ticket, and then he went over, and he bought some champagne, took it back, and was like, let's celebrate. And they're like, why? He goes, I won $75,000. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. A record holding... Oh, I saw this story about the professor who's also a scientist, and he was living underwater for all that time. And that little... It looked like a pumpkin, but it was like some sort of like ball. Did you guys see any yes, pictures or videos? No. Okay. So this scientist claims that he's increased his lifespan by 20% after living 93 days underwater. Now, his name is Joseph Deturi. He's a retired naval officer. He's been living inside a 100-square-foot pod at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean for 93 days, researching how a pressurized environment impacts the human body. Now, he's not living with a mat- <laughs> the mask. He's, just, he's in like a ball. And then there's a little circle where you can see the water out there. It's like a little... Little pod house, mm-hmm. but it is under the water. And so he was down there again for almost a hundred days. He says now that when he looks at the different like parts of his body and he took all these tests, he claims that one, hit, a lot of his chromosomes have de-aged, which I guess is saying he's getting younger, but that he has ten times more stem cells. He has sixty-six percent deep. REM sleep every night. His inflammatory markers have been cut in half, and his cholesterol has dropped by 72 points. What? This- I'm going to take a long <laughs> bath tonight. That's what I want to see. Okay, like, no. You can take a bath all night? Hey, you heard about the scientist? But he's not wet. He's yeah. just yeah, he's yeah. just stop. under stop. the water. Yeah, stop. Okay. Right? We all can't live the same life, Eddie. And I just- <laughs> no, I'm just saying you in the tub is not yeah. the same thing as this guy. How do you know? It makes me think of how Michael Jackson wanted to live in a, or sleep in the hyperbaric chamber. But isn't that kind of doing the same thing to your Pressurizing body? Pressurizing your body? Yeah, well, but hyperbaric chamber, you can crawl out of and be right back in the real world. That is true. I know. But it's interesting, too, that when we go down into the ocean, we de-age. And they say astronauts age more rapidly up in space. 
the health changes are due to pressure, which is similar to the process in the hyperbaric chambers, which are found to improve uh-huh. blood flow, brain metabolism, brain. Oh, you knew that. You sent this story. I didn't know that about the. I didn't. You acting like you I was like, dang. No, no. I was like, dang, Amy. No, and I look over and I saw where Amy sent the story. I did send the story, uh-huh. but I actually didn't read that part. Uh-huh. I just hey. know it. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Just randomly brought up Michael Jackson. Just randomly huh? tossed the Michael Jackson hyperbaric chamber thing in there. Okay, I can't know things. Well, you can, but. You acted like you knew it out of nowhere. When I was like, where did I get this story? It was from Amy. I like it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse made $120 million this weekend, which is a ton, ton, ton of money. And so it's a cartoon, which Mike D tells me, don't call it a cartoon. What do I call it, Mike? It's animation. And the difference is? <laughs> that it's way more complex. It would be like somebody telling you, like, you play video games that are meant for kids. They're not for kids anymore. Same thing with this movie. But I do play video games that are meant for kids. But just now, adults like them too. Exactly. Same thing with animation. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> all right. Might, would you watch it? You like? Oh it? yeah, I loved it. I think it's one of the best comic book movies of all time. Is it better than the Spider-Man with the humans in it? Uh, this one, it's not. I think the first one is. The first one is my favorite of all time. But this one's not as good as that one. All right. Thank you. LSU football unveils air-conditioned helmets for the 2023 season. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, I just Heck wonder, yeah. like, what can go wrong? If all of a sudden somebody's like flopping around, you're like, oh, the helmet broke. He's getting shocked. Yeah, I don't know. Is there yeah, some yeah, kind yeah. of like, <laughs> is there a fan in there? Is like there and how are they going to cheat with this, right? And how can you hack it? Like, how can someone <laughs> hack the helmet? Yeah. I just start thinking of all the things that can happen wrong here. But if, and by the way, shout out Baton Rouge, but it gets real hot. And humid. It gets real. I love, I'm not going to say I love LSU football because I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan. And actually, I hope they, I mean, I hope they win every game. It's not us, but. I ain't gonna act like I like you a whole lot, the sports team. That being said, I'm jealous that you guys have air conditioned helmets, and apparently nobody else does. Did they create this? Did you know Gatorade was made by the Florida Gators? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've done a fun fact on that. Yeah. Mm. I was kind of talking to the audience though, more than you guys because I knew you did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So several Tigers tried on the helmets in a video that made the rounds, and the helmet will have a five hour lifespan before needing to be charged and will last up to four years. So they have an air conditioned helmet. Wow. Well, that cool. is pretty cool. Eminem was the first choice for Paul Walker's role in The Fast and the Furious. When it comes to action franchises, they say the original cast was thought that Eminem, but due to scheduling, he was unable to take the role and went to Paul Walker. That is from CBR. Disney World has Flamin' Hot Cheetos Cupcakes. That does sound pretty good. It does sound pretty good. Hot Cheetos Cupcakes. Flamin' Hot Cheetos, I can't say that I grab it first, but if it's there, I'm reminded how good they are. I'm also reminded, I don't know, six hours later, how good they aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, when you're sitting down somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that would probably be pretty good. Flaming Hot Cheetos Cupcakes. So like sweet but spicy. Yeah, it's like a straight Salty, cupcake, sweet, but in the spicy. middle of it, it's got the Flaming yeah. Hot Cheetos. Yeah. According to the Disney Food Blog, the cupcake shop is known for iconic cupcakes and the iconic cupcake ATM, which you can go up to and put money in, boop, and it just comes out. Disney Food Blog. Hawaii Airport shuts down gates due to a bed bug infestation. Oh, no. Yeah, it's tough. Bed bugs were discovered in Terminal 2. I guess I'm mm. surprised that there aren't more bed bugs in airports because everybody that comes through and everybody that has luggage and just the bed bugs that generally exist in places. Yeah, good point. I don't know. It must have just been so bad. Maybe they don't travel well. 
Bed bugs? Like they don't have a passport or what? <laughs> yeah, no, they yeah. say not to put your suitcase on the bed because that's where you get them and you Why bring them home. Why would you put your suitcase in the bed anyway? That's disgusting. Your well, suitcase like, has been everywhere. Well, yeah, you put it on the bed and then you unload it. Yeah, yeah you no, unload no, no, it. You that's never exact. put your suitcase Absolutely on the bed. Not for it. bed bugs, for dis- Cause hey. that's disgusting. No, they say not to. Yeah, but, but I we do, do it. it anyway. No, no, I, that's what I'm talking to is no, you guys. No, no, Your suitcase has been sent through the ringer. It's been up in the little top, the overhead compartment. Yeah. It's been rolled. It's been dragged. And you're just going to throw it on your bed where you sleep? Well, the bed's like almost eye level. It's perfect. And like, it's right, right in the middle of the room. Yeah. But that's why they have that thing, the wood thing that unfolds. That's what the that's luggage for. rack. And you put your suitcase. Oh, I thought where you throw your dirty clothes so you don't lose them. <laughs> okay. You can. Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting that you guys do that. The, yeah. They're a reminder right now as to why you don't touch the top of the comforter. Bed bugs were discovered in Terminal 2 of Hawaii's Daniel K. Anoy International. The presence of gross insects was first reported earlier this week. Then a Southwest Airlines manager confirmed the presence of bed bugs the next day. Oh. Gates E5, 6, and 7 were shut down and they did deep cleaning. My guess is there's no way they would just only be in those three. Five, six, seven. Yeah, they got to move They've along. gone to other gates. Yeah, I, would sure. ass- I would assume they had other places they wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. no? They don't travel well, Amy says uh, Travel Pulse had that story. One more story for you. The script for The Flash 2 has already been completed. The Flash, which is a movie that isn't even out yet, comes out June 16th. It has Ezra Miller. Didn't he get a bunch of trouble movie, Mike? Like, where, like, he, they said he was, like, like, had women in a cult or something? Yeah, so there may not be another one. He may not be in it. Do you remember what they said about this guy? Uh, I don't remember the specifics, and I don't want to say anything wrong. Mm, I say stuff wrong all the you time. Say the word or, ha- or just have Amy do it. Yeah, just, just Amy. Read it out. That's true. No, 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 yeah. no. Go ahead, Amy. Yeah, NPR is always listening, ready to correct her. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Variety had the story there but I, I bring this up because Scuba Steve I've given you 15 minutes a day during the show to go work on your script yes to be fair this is not the best environment for me to relax and think it about doesn't matter stuff. it's always an excuse but I have a I have an answer so this weekend I have carved out time to work with my writing partner to work on this project mm-hmm. but you're depending on somebody else and if they cancel you're not doing it no no this is my this is my guys for like 15 plus years okay still though you're, so you're saying you're not going to take the allotted 15 minutes to walk to my office and work on the script that you've been waiting 10 years to do, but you haven't found time for it. <laughs> if I feel inspired during okay. this. Okay. It's all excuses. I'm done. It's all checking. excuses. It it, the, the problem is, is this is not a relaxing environment for me to sit Why down. Why do you have to and, be relaxed? Because uh, hey, there's stress here for my job as far as like, getting things done and making sure things were supposed to be and dealing with personnel and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. I would like to be in a space where I can creatively relax and focus on it. And this is not for it. Mm. I mean, think about it. Like, if I came to you, like, hey, Bobby, mid-show, I want you to stop down. And if that's the only time I had, I wouldn't make an excuse to say I have 15 minutes. I'm going to get as much, I'm going to squeeze as much from this turnip that I possibly can. But I took your motivation and I put it to what works best for me. Motivation's bullcrap. Discipline is where it's at. Motivation means nothing in life. You can be motivated all day long to do stuff. I'm so motivated. Motivation, the gas runs out super quick. You got a, you got a thimble full of gas when you're motivated. You're disciplined and you're doing stuff when you're not motivated and you're doing stuff whenever it doesn't feel good to do it. That's when you know that you're on the track to get something done. And that's all I hear from you is that, eh, it's a, I don't feel great. My tummy hurts. Oh, I got an earache. Ooh, my toe, my toe is sore. He's dealing with personality. It's constantly something. So you don't really want to do it. I, my thought is you're afraid to fail and you're going to write it and you know, that there's a chance that nobody takes it and you spent 10 years wondering about it. Now it doesn't work. And so you're like, dang, I did it. and didn't work. So I'm a loser. I say, that's where I say you're wrong. I've, I've quit jobs multiple times and moved across the country multiple times and taken chances. So that's in me. It's in my DNA to make this happen. You're right. It does sound like excuse, excuses. It does sound like a little weenie. It does sound like I'm creating a bunch of crap. For listeners, I'm not giving them a hard time out of nowhere. We've had this conversation like four times. Yeah. How long have you had this idea? For 10 years. And why haven't you done it? 
mostly because of time and life gets in the way. Kids, mm-hmm. family, job, work, yeah, that's problems, a, that's everybody. life. That's How old are your kids? Everybody. My the oldest. Kid, the oldest is five. I that's see where you're going now. Yeah. So, okay. so you mean they had five whole years? Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's yeah. crazy. Well, that was job and work and life. Okay. I have to go, but I'm just exhausted of your whining, so <laughs> I'm going to... <laughs> Scuba, do it now. It's okay. He's, he's, he he's wants got, to wait He yeah. wants to wait till the weather's right. <laughs> What's the personnel stuff he's been Dude, doing? Lunchbox? I pictured Lunchbox. You know I love you, but I know, I know, and, and I appreciate your honesty and being upfront with me. Yeah, guys, he had a vasectomy. You got to think of all the things that he's gone on in his That's life. That's perfect time to work on it mm-hmm. while you're just sitting healing. Exactly. Uh, no, it ain't right for him though. No, nope, it wasn't right for me. Air pressure was <laughs> the, the barometer. The humidity wasn't exactly. All right, thank you. That's the news. Those were Bobby's big stories. This story's got to be true and can't be a lie at all. A 19-year-old pregnant virgin claims she was impregnated by evil spirit. Oh okay. Alright. Okay. I believe it. Uh-huh. That's a good one, though. Women are crazy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds to me if I'm just speculating unless his name is Evil Spirit. <laughs> she probably actually knocked up and then now she's just like, what do I say uh-huh. to get out of this? She sparked controversy after telling media that she believed she was impregnated by a supernatural force. The unnamed woman said that after experiencing strange dreams and feeling supernatural presences in her room, she started missing a period and her mother took her to the gynecologist for a checkup. That's when the 19-year-old virgin, who claims to have never hooked up with a dude, found out she was pregnant. <laughs> there can't be anyone that believes this. Her parents. No, no. way. No, Even the mom's got to be like, you're lying. Who was it? Well, I mean, just DNA test. Yeah, how do you DNA test Satan? <laughs> <laughs> Is he in the database? <laughs> yeah. Is he 23 and me? Do we got a little something on him to know what's up? She acknowledged that her version of events is hard to believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right about that. Not hard. We just don't believe it. And she admits that she doesn't fully understand how she got pregnant either. I do. What happens is... <laughs> You see a guy that you like. Uh-huh. You hit it off. You're gonna go through the whole thing. Yeah, I was going to, but <laughs> for time purposes, I will not. But the boy, that is a that is quite the story. Like she went for it, huh? Why like, go? Why go evil? You know. You, you want to say it like a Casper the Friendly Ghost, like a friendly mm-hmm. spirit? Well, I don't know. No, I would go full. If I'm gonna go with a lie, I'm going as crazy of a lie as I could possibly <laughs> tell. I'm going full evil. I was taken over. My eyes rolled back in my head. I'm yeah. re- or aliens. Like that's another oh. one. All I remember is I woke up and I couldn't move. My body was paralyzed. And I was surrounded by six different small creatures where their heads were like oblong shaped. And I remember fading in and out as one of them said, we shall do this now. And the next thing I know, I woke up and it all felt like a dream, but it also felt real. And then I went to the doctor and they told me I was pregnant. And I think it's probably from that night. I just don't know even which one of them at what. Oh, I would go hard. <laughs> I'd go hard. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's a quote. This one guy taking her side. She's telling the truth. I've heard of other cases like this. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. He's the dad. Check him. <laughs> Check him. That's funny. <laughs> the last thing her father or mother should do is kick her out of the family home. The 19-year-old girl is not the first to claim she'd been impregnated by a supernatural force. Back in 2021, there was a woman who claimed a gust of wind made her pregnant. Now, that, that's, that's ballsy. A mm. gust of wind. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> because a gust of wind, you'd be, have to be naked. I don't even think that would work. It won't. It won't work. But you would have to even be naked for the idea of that to, I'm not even going to say to be, I I wouldn't humor that at all. I'd be like, that's not true. But it's like you get in a hot tub 
That's, you know, you remember that, that thing? That's not going to happen. I, but at least that you're naked. But that's also not going to happen. <laughs> but a gust of wind? I mean, yeah, she, I guess you don't have to get pregnant. Though, though, if you're making it up, does it have to be the actual way you get pregnant? Or can you just like inhale something? That's what she did, but through her mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. She inhaled it. <laughs> yeah, that is a wild story. Uh, weekends. Amy, how was your weekend? It was really good. Uh, I did like a lot of... Uh, packing, organizing, the kids move into their dad's house today. Well, everybody kind of does. So we have like a lot that's was just being The kids are moving out of your house? No, they'll be at my house one week on and his Got house it. one week off. But we've been mostly moving back and forth. We had an apartment and we were moving and now we've got it at the house. So we were just kind of getting everything like the kids new beds. They need kind of double of some things so they don't have to like all their toiletries and so just getting everything. So you're going to have a week without kids? Not Oh, it's eating on wild. Oh, yeah. There's some oats that are going to be sowed, boys. Yeah. But I've you realize I've had that, but just at an apartment. Like we've been doing this for a while now. So and my life's very much the same. You're going to. In fact, I've had to like work on not isolating myself too much because I can go for several days without really talking to anybody. I went to lunch with some girlfriends and I even told them like, hey, I need to y'all to hold me accountable for this because I don't want to just like, like a welfare s- check. Stay home. <laughs> Amy, you good? Yeah. So Dang. I kind of am really good at being alone. Kayla left to go. We, I was in Oklahoma all weekend. We went to Oklahoma City to the Women's College World Series, watch softball, watch Utah, watch Oklahoma because we have family that coaches both of those teams. And I had to do the show on Friday of last week, so I didn't leave. But she left on Thursday morning, and then I left on Friday after the show. So I had a whole 24 hours where she wasn't there. And I was like, I'm going to play video games the whole time. I'm going to play golf with Eddie. I'm going to do just everything I wanted. Right? I was gonna, <laughs> I'm going to go hard. So And I did. Then went hard. And so on Thursday, you know, we did the show. We played golf. I had like six popsicles. I had two oh, no. big boxes of those crackers. Mm, I forget what they're called, but they're really good crack. The Simple Mills. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I had two whole boxes. And so me going hard with all the popsicles and all the crackers <laughs> felt terrible for two days. And so my, my going hard is different than other folks's. But also, I, it's not good when she's gone because at least she can put the governor on me like, hey, have you had a whole box of crackers today? Yes. Okay, maybe we shouldn't eat any more of those today. And she's not doing it because she doesn't want the crackers to be gone. She knows I'm just going to be like, oh, my stomach hurts for a whole day. So that's what I did. And I regret it. I found the popsicles on the side of the road, though. What do you mean? I did. I forgot. I did a whole TikTok about it. I was talking about the craziest thing she found on the side of the road. I was driving home, and there was a big box of popsicles. Not like a box you buy in the grocery store, but like a big, like a, a cardboard box. Like yes. it fell out of a truck? like a huge one. Like uh, if you t- like your moving box, and you take your arms and you make a square out of your elbows, <laughs> yeah. ninety degrees. Is a box that big? And I'm like, is that a box of popsicles? So I pulled over, I put them in the car, I went home, I opened them up, it had, and that had all the little boxes of popsicles. Well, that's amazing. It was amazing. So that's why I ate so many. I didn't want them to go bad. I don't want to waste. Waste yeah, not cool. one Of night. course, you don't yeah, want to yeah, waste yeah. popsicles. I forgot I found popsicles on the side of the road. Wow. I love popsicles, smoothies, soup. So any of that stuff on the wait, side of the road. Wait, wait, wait. Did you eat all of those popsicles? Well, I had a lot of them. I had the okay. whole box, one of the boxes of red. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure what flavor red was, but I had the whole box of reds. So that's what I did. I had a great time in Oklahoma. Everybody that I said hello to and said hello to me in Oklahoma City was an, a really great, amazing time. It rained out a game, which stunk. It was super hot another day, but it was a lot of fun. So it's a really cool event. But yeah, the popsicle thing was pretty tough. Then I had two snow cones <laughs> while I was there. The oh, first no. Day. I know. <laughs> you went hard. I did go hard, yeah. <laughs> Eddie, your weekend? Oh, it was fantastic, man. 
Yeah, it was great. It was one of the best weekends of my life. What happened? So my family was in Texas. And so I just kind of hung out. All I'm, of them? Your wife and four kids? Everyone. I mean, it was just, I, I mean, I don't want to, actually, it wasn't that much. It, no, just yeah. in case they're listening, it, it wasn't that much fun. Cool. <laughs> terrible. You, you kept calling me sad. Yeah, like, dude. How much you missed them. I missed them so much. Yeah. No, I played golf. I rode on a plane. I mean, I did all sorts of stuff that, like, it was just great. It was like, if you called me and said, hey, do you want to go, um, I don't know. You want to go sewing? Sure. I'm not doing anything. Let's go sewing. Like, I, it was that kind of weekend, and I loved it. Dying. But I was so ready for them to come back. They came back last Boom. night, and man, it's been great. Now, now yeah. we're yes. yeah, oh, I'm yeah, so yeah. glad they're home now. You didn't do anything stupid like I did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I stayed up till 4 in the morning on Saturday. And that's cool, but... No, that's crazy. I haven't done that in years. 4 a.m.? What are you doing? Video games, movies, I mean, anything. I ordered pizza. It was... Dude, <laughs> oh honestly, we'd, we'd be losers if we were single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, 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 <laughs> I was reminded of that. Yeah. Big time. About three popsicles in, I was like, this is not going to feel good. It's already starting not to feel good. But I was like, yeah, let's let's have another. I put a pizza in the oven at midnight. I'm like, this is crazy. Nice. <laughs> All I had for dinner on Thursday night was crackers. <laughs> so dumb. Now I'm seeing why y'all think I'm going to go so hard on my week off. Come on, Amy. Lunchbox your weekend? Oh, exhausting. My wife was out of town, so I was a single dad of three kids. So you guys live in this Wait, she didn't take the kids? No. Oh. She went to Austin to see her sister and go to some TV festival. And I was with three kids. So you guys talking about staying until four in the morning and cooking pizzas and eating popsicles. And, yeah. yeah. Crackers for dinner. Oh, man. I was just trying to stay alive. None of that. It was like, oh, my gosh. Are all three alive? Oh, my gosh. I got to get dinner. It's eight o'clock and they haven't eaten dinner. Should have called us. We had playtime on our hands. And crackers and popsicles. We're perfect. man. We're perfect. Verizon's my plans. All that giving you control of your phone plan. So here's what we're going to do here on this show. Um, first of all, you get exactly what you want. You only pay for what you need, and you turn on the perks whenever you want. So you control what we do here on the show in this segment. This week, you control the game that we're going to play on Friday. So all you have to do is call and leave us a voicemail on our line at 877-77-BOBBY. That's our number. You tell us what you want. Do you want an old game? Bring a game back. A new game. Suggest a new game. Just call our voicemail line and leave it. You control the show. 877-77-BOBBY. Take control of the show and your phone plan with my plan from Verizon. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Fort Collins, Colorado. Police got a report of a suspicious man in the neighborhood looking through cars. So they show up to the neighborhood and they recognize the guy that has several warrants. So they say, woo-woo, woo-woo. And he says, nah-uh. Runs, jumps in the river, floats down the river for six hours to evade police. Did he evade them? Yeah. No, no, hours. eventually they got oh. him. Oh, he didn't tell us that part. Oh, he man. said he floated. I mean, that's a float trip right there. <laughs> and you got away from the cops. So what do they do? You just walk alongside him? Yeah. As he's floating? All right, bye. We see you, buddy. We're uh, waiting for you. Like, you're not really going anywhere. <laughs> they never got in the water. And there was parts where it was shallow enough where he'd get up and walk. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just go tackle him then? But they just waited for six hours. They don't want to get wet. Mm, I get that. <laughs> Is it like Duke's a hazard, though, when he crosses the county line? They're like, dang it. Yeah. Uh, we can't go get him anymore. <laughs> he made it. All right. I'm Lunchbox, and that's your Bonehead Story of the Day. Glad you guys are here. Let's do the Good News Countdown. It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land. Let's go. Number three. A nurse named Emily was flying home to Baltimore after a vacation with her boyfriend, who also used to be a nurse, and they ended up saving another passenger's life. The guy collapsed, turned purple. They jumped in, kept doing CPR until he finally came back seven minutes before their flight landed. 
they say they get a lot of high fives from people on board. Yeah. And hopefully awesome. a voucher from whatever airline it was. <laughs> so that when you do CPR for a long time, like a long because it's they did CPR for basically like a half an hour, I think. And so you're doing CPR for a long time because it said seven minutes before their flight landed. So two things. One, I think I would go like 10 and they'd be like, well, I guess he's out. We lost him. Don't. Yeah. Eee! I would do that noise <laughs> on my mouth. Eee! Don't well, do that to us. And then secondly, do you have to get back and put your seatbelt on and quit if you are starting to descend? Oh, yeah. Because you know the yeah, rules yeah. are you we're now going belt. down. So guys, get back in your seats. But congratulations to this guy. He survived, purple and all. All right, next. Number two. A 96-year-old woman in Canada. Broke a world record of the weekend. She ran a 5K in just over 51 minutes. It is the fastest time ever recorded by a woman over the age of 95. Whoa. Wow, yeah, you guys wow. are like, that doesn't that, that fast. Yeah. <laughs> because a 5K is what, three points up the miles? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And so she did how many? 3.1. 3.1. Let's say like Mike D runs seven minute miles. It would take him 22 minutes or so. It took her 51 minutes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now she's 95. Right, right, right. She's old. That's crazy. The fact that she could even jog at yeah, 95. Crazy. What? Yeah, shout out. What? What makes a, a jog, though? Huh? Like at what Not walking. speed? Okay. Anything faster than a walk. You go from a walk to a jog, I think as soon as you stop walking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, you know when you see it. You know it's when you do it. It's a little hop, you know? You're yeah, it's just like bit. your feet. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. All right, next up. Number one. A billionaire named Robert Hell Jr. spoke at UMass's Boston graduation, and he surprised 2,500 students by giving them $1,000 each. So he basically gave away $2.5 million. What? There was a condition, though. He asked them to keep half for themselves and give the other half to a family member or someone who helped them get to where they are today. Love Love it. it. But he handed out $2.5 million. You know what I gave out when I did my speech at the University of Arkansas? What? Advice. <laughs> I guess kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, that's all I had, man. I'll be honest with you. Wish I'd have had a billion dollars. All right, that's the Good News Countdown. That was the Good News Countdown. Just want to say a couple things. First of all, so we want to give you control of what we do here on the show. And this is what you get to pick for us to do this week. Because Verizon's My Plan is all about giving you control over your phone plan. You get exactly what you want. Only pay for what you need and turn on perks whenever you want. And so this week you control the game that we're going to play on Friday. So call in, leave us a voicemail of the game that you want us to play. It could be never going to get it. We could bring back an old game like Elder versus Millennial. It's up to you. Call us. Tell us what game you want to hear. 877 877- 77 Bobby. That's our voicemail number. 877-77-B-O-B-B-Y. You take control of the show and your phone plan with my plan from Verizon. That's it. We'll see you tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. Goodbye, everybody. The Bobby Bone Show. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them every day can make all the difference in the world. That's why everybody should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.